Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that dare not lose to Spurs. Indeed. And that, my friends, is very much the point. Uh, when you've lost to your most hated rivals so rarely over the last 30-odd years, uh, a defeat to them anywhere, anytime, let alone at home, is quite simply unconscionable. So there you go. Now, perhaps we shouldn't be surprised, therefore, that a match of this importance played against the Jose Mourinho side would end in a stalemate. To be fair, Jose did an excellent job in setting up Spurs not to lose. And as Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said, Spurs got away with a point. They normally come to the bridge and lose. I think he got that spot. He's becoming a brilliant pundit, by the way. Uh, Now, um, Chelsea, of course, I think could have done better. We could have been more clinical. We could have let the handbrake off a bit. Well, yes, of course, and as ever, it's frustrating not to beat them. But I can assure you, we'd all be feeling a lot worse today had Spurs shithoused their way to a win. Uh, perhaps we should take comfort from the fact that we forced the team that is top of the table to defend with six at the back and arguably the two most lethal strikers in the league into anonymity. And more to the point, we kept a clean sheet and earned a point. At the end of the day... This is a game that both Chelsea and Spurs dared not lose. And so it proved. And you'll be amazed to hear that the title of the show tonight is Dare Not Lose, Chelsea Fancast number 772. And uh, on this post-Spurs, post-nasal drip show, uh, we have the wonderful Mr. Kidd. Oh, how lovely to, uh, to be given such a beautiful introduction, Chich. Thank you. Always my pleasure. Um, now, we also have uh, the ever-so-lovely Mr. Dan Silver. Hi, guys. It's good to be back. Always good to see you, yeah. Dan. Always good to see you. And last, but by no means least, for a first time in what seems like bloody ages, the remarkably gorgeous and lovely Alexandra Churchill. Um, I'm sorry, who are you people? I thought this was my pub quiz. <laughs> Actually, no, this is a history. This is a history hack. A special edition, Alex. What would oh, you like? Oh, God, a... no, please. No, I've got a whole week of that next week. Please no, don't I think that's... Pick, pick, a, pick a subject from history. We could talk about it, I tell you. We could do it. Or we can oh. ask you some complicated questions on cricket. How's that? <laughs> Very good. I'm going to spare Alex that because uh, she works so damn hard on those history hack things and other things. I'm sure this will be light relief. Uh, I hope it's light relief for all you good, lovely people out there. Now, on the show tonight, uh, we will look at how Jose made it so difficult for Chelsea, rue some missed chances, discuss why it was uh, so important not to lose Spurs, and ask whether failing to beat our rivals really is an issue at the moment. 
or really is an issue at the moment, if I was to read that correctly. Uh, in part, it's all about the intonation. Anyway, in part two, we take comfort from another clean sheet and applaud Mendy, Silva and Kante, Kovacic and James in particular. We ask whether Werner, or Werner if you prefer, needs a rest. We discuss why and how Tammy needs to improve. And with Pulisic and Havertz now fit again, we wonder if Frank will change the TNT formula up front. Uh, and in part three, uh, we discuss the return of the bridge. Uh, with 2,000 Chelsea supporters allowed back in against Leeds and Krasnodar next week. The Chelsea supporters' trust has been vociferous this week about the ballot system and the extortionate pricing. And uh, trust members, Dan and myself, will discuss the iniquity, iniquity even, of the situation and what the trust is doing about it. And uh, finally, to wrap up, as we always do, uh, we will have emails to read out. But of course, before that, we're going to look ahead to Wednesday night's Champions League match against Sevilla. All of that and more. Or, and more even after this very short break. So there we go, people. Um, I also forgot to mention Mixler. Yes, every Monday and indeed Friday, we do this show live on a platform called Mixler, uh, which is uh, mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And that means you can kind of listen to the damn thing live, but also join in the chat room, which is quite a popular, fun thing for people who can talk amongst themselves and totally ignore what we say. Sometimes I will give them a shout out, mention something interesting that they may have said. Uh, but it is great fun, so I do I do commend that to you. Apart from that, any other time, we're at Chelsea Fancast on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and, of course, Twitter. Now, on to the football. Well, 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 people. I have to say, I you know, there, there's something I really hate about Chelsea playing Spurs, because, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not joking with that title. It's just a match that I cannot, cannot bear losing. But before we get into all of that, J.K., I, I, you know, I think it's worth talking about. Um, really, it was classic, Jose. I mean, he, he apps. I mean, I wrote these notes during the game, as you know, because I, I put them in the, in the in our little notes thing these days, my yeah. little stream of consciousness. But he clearly set out his stall not to lose. He is a shit house manager, and we loved him for it when he was ours. I mean, they had no shots on target at all, really. Maybe one at the end. They defended with six at the yeah, back. That early, that early one from what's his name, Bergwin. Yeah, that was about it, wasn't it? They, they were really organising the transition. Uh, they denied a space between the lines. They defended deep. They let us come up. I mean, I have to say, you need to applaud that. That's if If that's what he set out to do, he did a very good job. And I don't think it's quite as simple as us, you know, finding it hard to break them down. I think they made it hard for us, and they really did. You know, at the same time, though, we completely uh, annulled uh, Son and Kane, who are a wonderful combination, who had absolutely nothing um, to contribute to the game yesterday because they were so just tied up by the excellence of the defence for whom Silva was once again completely immaculate. 
and it's just like watching John Terry for me. I just yeah. find it. You, it suddenly realise that you what you've been missing. When when you see Silver, you think, yeah, that he's it's class that act. Class, it's hmm. a class act. He's so classy. And as I say, it just reminds you of JT. It's just the little things. He just takes a look at somebody, moves back a few paces, moves forward, just accelerates, gets the ball. It's a wonderful piece of skill when he got the ball on the touchline, just passed it along to a Chelsea player. And you thought it was, would have been so easy to have booted the ball up the pitch or, or kicked it um, desperately away. But no, he was just very cool and just played it out. And I, I thought their controlling of Kane and Son was absolutely brilliant. They I think got, they didn't get a sniff. No, no. Not a sniff, not, which was absolutely superb. But, and I also think we forced them back. I, it's all very well him saying he defended. He had a way of attempting to, to nullify um, uh, Werner and, uh, um, uh, and Abraham by having so many players, particularly Werner, who had people um, swamp, swamping, basically. But I, 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 thought, um, I thought we did enough to win it easily. And I was disappointed in it. And I think also I was disappointed because, as you say, Chidge, it is so tense playing Spurs because it is so important that we beat them. But particularly having Jose managing them, the tension is unbearable. Well, at at that particular juncture, as you you have invoked, you've invoked the the Christmas of evil past. Um, Frank Lampard has yet to lose to Jose Mourinho as a manager. And I think, you know, we need to take that away. I have to say, Dan, I mean, I know you wanted to come in with something. I'm going to ask you a question as well, but obviously say what you wanted to say anyway. But I I was thinking, actually, you know, it's very difficult for us because we're so emotionally wedded to this game in particular. And yet I think, you know, for for the purists, that was actually a great game. It was a really great tactical battle in a sense, I thought. Yeah, it was was like, you know, the football chess match. I think it was very much, you know, Jersey had his way and he, he... I remember Jose's documentary said, I'm not saying you have to win, but you cannot lose. That's how he set up. I think he'd anticipated Kane and Son having more influence. But the fact is, every time Kane dropped, either Kovacic on Mount pressed, so Kane was literally, you know, might as well have been on the pitch. They stopped the channels, stopped the balls over the top apart from once. They just, you know, Jersey gets credit for that, but Frank gets credit for setting up a team that stopped the transition, stopped them really coming up against us, you know, he learned from the master. He's learned from some fantastic managers, and he's really you seeing that implementing his own style, just beginning to just get this team purring really nicely. We dominated it, probably on balance should have got a win, but again, it's another clean sheet. It's a decent point in the whole the grand scheme of things. I thought it was, you know, it was a fascinating nil-nil. It wasn't exciting, but it was a fascinating game to watch. Mm, I definitely think so. I mean, I, apart from the fact that unless we're walloping them, I really hate watching Chelsea play Spurs. It was a really good match. I mean, Alex, I'd be I'd be curious to hear what you you think. I mean, if you've got pretty much the same kind of synopsis as as we are. I mean, here's the thing: it, it, inevitably, in a sense, they were going to cancel each other out because you you know I think Dan reminding us of that quote, famous quote that Jose made to to Chelsea players, of course, ironically, was so relevant if you're a Chelsea fan to this match is that you know not saying we shouldn't try and win it but do not lose it and I I think you know I I go I go home thinking well all right you know we didn't lose to those bastards I'm okay with that well the key to it is scoring early which is what happened when we smashed uh, United under him 4-0 if that goal from Mason Mount counts then you end up destroying them because I don't think there was a plan b I think if it came down to an actual football game then we would have smacked them about, judging by what I saw yesterday. Oh, because... Werner's goal. If that's not offside, boom. Yeah. Um, I was in not, I thought it was Mason Mount. No, it's Werner. 
Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, if that happens, if you get the early goal, then his game plan goes out the window. We didn't get that early goal yesterday. And I was quite I was quite proud of myself. I was quite a grown up about it. I was like, he did this enough times for you and you didn't complain then. Um, and I was quite uh, magnanimous. And then he came out at the end and said that they deserved to win and they were disappointed and I wanted to punch him. Yeah, but he was clearly lying. He <laughs> yeah, was clearly. clearly, clearly. I mean, people talk about uh, Donald, and I don't mean to say this inferring any political bias or anything, but people say whatever Donald Trump says, you can say that basically he's, he's he always just basically accuses everybody else of what he's guilty of. You can also make say the same about, about Jose. Whatever he says, you know it's the opposite because he's a liar. That's how, it, that's how he does it. I have to tell you. I just recorded a documentary about Montgomery for yeah, Channel 5 yeah. and I actually sat there and gave a five-minute treatise on why I believe that he and Mourinho could have been twins because <laughs> both of them are incapable of outright smarting their own mouth at times and uh, though they are indeed great men um, and you must respect them for their achievements, you can understand why people just wanted to thump them. Um, and I, I ended up giving a five-minute treatise. I don't know if it'll make it into the final documentary. But, yeah, that, that's what Jose is and what he does, and he that's, did it for yeah. us. My dad auditioned for Montgomery for I was Monty's double and then ended up in the uh, in the film. Oh, really? So, yeah, I've got lots of stills of him dressed as Montgomery. <laughs> he doesn't really look anything like him, so I can quite understand why he never got it. So it, yeah. it would have been... I was, I was not quite Monty's double. Indeed, I was... I was nearly Monty's double. double. Yeah, nearly, um, not even nearly. Uh, JK, I want to talk to you about, um, I mean, there, there are two elements to this missed chances. One is uh, it was a real, it was a missed opportunity in a sense, wasn't it? Because had we beaten Spurs, we would have gone top, which would have been very nice and cosy for us. But I mean, the other thing is the missed chances in the game. And there was a lot of brouhaha on Twitter. Surprise, surprise, surprise about that. I, I had a bit of a, a, a discussion, shall we say, on the Discord group. I don't think that there were many real clear-cut chances other than possibly, and only possibly, Giroud's. I mean, Giroud. that, well, it came Giroud, to him. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, I mean, that was not a clear-cut chance in my book because it came to him very, very quickly. I mean, okay, we've seen him put goals away like that. So I think, I think the thing is, is that um, you know, basically, I think that most of them were half chances, and 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 Spurs made them half chances by closing down the space. It was. You know, they were really, they defended really, really well. So would you say missed chances? Because I know you can be quite harsh on this. Or would you say they were half chances? Well, I, I think the dilemma is, is when you're playing a game like that tactically and you're playing so well in defence, which they've actually turned that round, it helps having a, a goalkeeper who can actually save the ball. But um, uh, the half chance becomes the way of winning the game and going top. And that's the trouble. And when the same centre forward misses all of them, you you then have to point the finger, and you then have to point the finger at Frank. But do you, for think, not do you bringing... think Giroud should have come on earlier? That's what I'm just saying in that very sentence. You've got to point the finger at Frank for not bringing Giroud on earlier, particularly since Giroud scored a completely phenomenal world-class goal the day, and to have Tammy just not being on it, and and he he, he he's, we've talked about this before. He, he's that double thing of being very good in moments, and then suddenly just lagging behind. It's like running into the penalty, the kind of thing that Giroud does constantly because that's the kind of player Giroud is in the, in the penalty area. He looks, he sniffs those things out. And um, with, with Zayech, and well, it wasn't as much Zayech, who I thought was slightly off it, but um, James, 
putting those wonderful crosses in all the time. We, you just knew that Giroud would have connected with one of them at least. And so I'd have brought, I'd have brought Giroud. And so you, you, you end up, as with everybody on Twitter, ends up pointing the finger at Abraham because he had all the chances. But I think it was a tactical mistake by Frank. But that, that's, the, that's the frustration, is when you're dealing with a situation that relies heavily on two or three half chances, if one of them is put away, which you hope that in a, in a, 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 a top-class elite team would happen, you're then disappointed. And that's what I was disappointed by because we played so well, stopped them from playing um, because our defence was so good and therefore should have should have put the game to bed. Yeah. And in, in a sense, I also blame, I blame Werner for the first goal to an extent. Great goal, took it wonderfully. Beautiful offside goal. Away. But, but he, he, he surely is, is, is together enough to appreciate that he's just, he, he just has to delay his run. And he's doing it too often. He was offside about three or four times again. And you think you cannot afford to do this. These are these little margins in these big games. Yeah, cannot afford to do yeah, that. Dan, I'm going to Dan. Yeah. I'm going to come to you first. Then, uh, then Alex. But what do you think? Yeah. I was just going to say all the, they're, they're very marginal. I think he's because t- he's so fast. The time of the run, he's just he was a millisecond out. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like massively offside. He was just offside. But I think I think also with Tammy, there's a you know you look at 23. Uh, some of the defending by Spurs was great. You know, little nudge, little just kind of just blocking his run it was it was some wise defending I think you know someone put a point on uh, we are the chef said you know drug but 23 Tammy at 23 no no we uh, you had that debate on Twitter I saw that yeah, yeah. I, I listen would he have scored we should have scored we don't know all these big ifs buts and maybes in football no, no, but at the same time, I think why are you then playing somebody who we're not thinking is the finish well, give him a well, go bring Giroud on for the last half hour to give him more of a go, you know? Yeah, so maybe he could have brought Tammy, um, Drew on earlier, but I think T- Tammy's still learning the game. He's, he's there on merit because all his goal, invo- all his goal invo- involvements in the last few games, you know, you, you know, you look at the missed chances rather than the chances he takes. It was, it was frustrating. He gets one of those goals and it's a completely different, you know, narrative. I think T- T- Tammy's still learning. He's, you know, he's, he's on there in merit. Frank is picking players on merit. And, you know, maybe next week at least we'll get yeah, a double. It's one of, one, of, one of those days from a bit. But I, I, I'll stand by what I said earlier. I think, you know, that Spurs did defend really, really well. I mean, it's yeah. all about concentration. And that's part of very much part of Mourinho's game plan. And they were very on it. And they made it really hard for him. Alex, you've been dying to come in. Yeah, I, just to say that I, we are here to split hairs. And I get what JK's saying. But when I looked at how woeful we were at the back last season... And the fact that we kept a clean sheet against Song and Kane, who the wankfest over those two just makes me want to gag. They won't shut up about them. Um, and Kane went half an hour mm. in that second half without even touching. It was anonymous. We did that. Yeah. So um, I looked at it and yes, I was bored. And yes, I was annoyed at Tammy at the time. And then yes, I was angry with Mourinho for being Mourinho. And then I looked at it and thought, really, last year, that could have been like a 4-0 defeat for us on a, on a good day or a 4-0 win on a bad day. At least we're not that team anymore. Well, I, I think that's a really, a, a really sound point, Alex, because, you know, bearing in mind that uh, Spurs... Um, played a blinder against City the other week. Again, they defended really, really well. And I think one of the things that I've seen about Spurs is is, you know, the, the you know, the dedication to defending, if you see what I mean. They close people down, they're putting in the hard yards. That's what they did against City. And then City, you know, they, they took their opportunities against City because you're going to get opportunities in the game and they won it 2-0. And I think if I'm Frank Lampard, I'm looking at that City match and thinking, because City, you know, I don't care what people are saying, City are still a very good side. 
You know, they're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. No doubt about that. So Frank had to, you know, and again, you know, not only did he have to look at this from a professional manager's point of view and set them up tactically, being aware that Spurs can be lethal on the counter-attack, but Frank's got a bit of us in him. There's no way on God's earth does Frank Lampard want to be a manager that loses A to Tottenham and B to Jose Mourinho. So he's got to play that game. He's got to play that cleverly. And it's a really hard place to be. I thought it was really interesting, JK, that he mentioned, you know, could I have taken the handbrake off a little bit? Well, maybe I could. But the trouble is, if he'd have taken the handbrake off a little bit and then Spurs go up and score a goal, which they nearly did in the last minute, which would have been just horrendous, you know, it's going to be disaster. You know, you cannot lose to Spurs. It's a priority. That's my point, really, in that because he didn't take the handbrake off and we controlled them so well, you rely so heavily on the forwards taking their chances. And they weren't know, able to. They weren't able to. Well, for a variety of reasons, Loris's save from Mount was Great fabulous. Great save. Fabulous. Great save. But, but uh, I'm, Alex, I'm sorry to take issue with you here. I... I agree with with that, that they've improved. But for me, they've improved so much that um, I want them to do better against teams that they are dominating. And I want them to run away with a 1-0 victory in this because I think we've come on so far that I think that this this isn't quite good enough. And I know it's easy to say this work in progress, but I have been so impressed with them and individually that I really want them... You know, as I've said on the, the show recently, I I think they can win the title this year. And I, I, I want them to go ahead and beat everybody. I think they have the potential to do it. And and I'm 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 I don't quite get at the moment why Werner is always playing on the wing. Why can't he try Werner playing in the middle? Why can't he play when Pulisic? Well, I'll tell you what. Let, can I park that for later? Because I really, yeah. I've got, I've got some. I've just to prove you. And of course, those of you uh, listening in black and white can't see me do this, but I've done some homework, J.K. <laughs> okay, about Werner. You'll be very pleased. That's all I'm going to say. But we'll save that you for part just two. Just showed me your shopping list, Jude. It's it not my shopping list. list. It's it not. Was. It was it's a post-it not. note with some awesome bets on it. it I don't know. It's, it's a it's a technical it analysis of Timo Werner. Alex, have you got your hand up? You have. You, yeah, do you, yeah, do you want to reply say, to J.K.? In response to J.K., look at me putting my hand up. You now are. I do my own editing on a podcast. <laughs> I don't cut people up so much <laughs> because I know how annoying yeah. it is. Some of us um, could learn from that. Me included. Just just to say that. They turned up not to lose. I know we say none of us wanted to lose, but they turned up not to lose. We set out to win yesterday. There Agreed. was a difference. And Agreed. so when you're well, talking about... News, right at the, right hang, on, hang on, cup, cup, draw. FA Cup, home to Morecambe. No way. Morecambe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Eric, Eric or Eric Morecambe? Yeah, Marine, Marine got Tottenham at home. Who have got Tottenham at home? Marine, really? the lowest ranked team in the cup. So we got Morecambe at home. Mm, Excellent. Bloody hell. Yeah, I was Sorry, just saying Alex. that Sorry. we are talking about right at the very top of the tree, two teams that will be vying for top four, but only one of them looked like they wanted to go out and win a title yesterday. Yeah. Dan? I know Dan? people have won titles playing like Jose did yesterday. Well, it is a worry. Um, one but... second, going to say they yeah, haven't. That, I have to be honest with you, that has crossed my mind and that is a worry. So let's not but talk about they... that. No, it's not but sometimes, it's especially happen, with right. the squad that he's got, a squad like that wins a title. That's like a Leicester title. That's yeah. a you haven't got the squad to do that, and you did it so. arguably because other yes. people didn't play their best football. Yeah, I agree. I Dan, Dan, I just have to expose they've got the depth to be sustained. If Kane or Son gets injured, they haven't really got 
you know, Vinicius, whatever his name is, or whoever, they haven't really got anybody who's going to come in. You know, they've Moira, got Moira got, can, Moira can yeah, but more was not Harry Kane. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, yeah, you got you got this, you know, championship backup centre half who's on permanent level. They're only one or two inches away from a struggle, and you know, I think yeah. that. Sorry, Dan, I was just going to say that for them to. They may go on a really good run. I'm not saying they won't, but you're right. They can't sustain an injury list. And for them to win the title this year, we would have to fuck up. City would have to fuck up. Liverpool, Liverpool would have to fuck up. And Leicester, I, although Leicester losing home to Fulham yeah. today, so yeah, well, they got one back, I think. But yeah, it's yeah. but so they are, they're not they're not going to win the title on their own merit. They would need factors to play in their hands. Yeah. I don't and think City might just find the form. And, you know, Liverpool. Leicester lost to Fulham today. Well, yeah. they two one, just finished. <laughs> Fulham were two nil up. Uh, yeah, I had I had three one JK in the Prem prediction, so I'm not happy. Me too. Me had three nil. Oh mate, Fulham are dreadful. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Listen, listen chaps, I'm just going to move. I'm just going to move this on. I mean, the bottom line is, I think that you know, and actually, this segues quite well into what I want to talk to you next, really, which is about you know us not beating rivals to date. But you know, I. I obviously want to beat Spurs. I want to pulverise Spurs. I want to smash them. I want to grind them into dust every time we play them. But, you know, this stage of the season, you know, a stalemate, tactical stalemate, nil-nil, where actually second half I thought we played really, really well. On another day, one of those goes in and it's a different game. is okay. At this stage of the season, that's okay. If it's in March and we're chasing down the title, it becomes a game you have to win, and I'd have been thoroughly pissed off. But it's not. We're in, you know, just just about to go into December. Ten games. Huh? Ten, game. Ten games in, exactly, Ten JK. Game. So it's a different different gravy, mate. It's a different gravy. Anyway, I, I do want to pick up on this because the reality is, so far this season, we've played Liverpool, we've played United, and we played Spurs. So those are probably the the the, the biggest teams. I, I, it's hard to count United and best but normally you would say those are going to be rivals for top four or the title um we drew against United Spurs nil nil we lost to Liverpool 2-0 I have to say I mean I know this has been doing the rounds on Twitter I I personally don't think this is an issue because I think that Liverpool game is such an outlier beginning of the season half of our team weren't playing United you know, the priority was to not get spanked by them because they had our number for the last years or year or two and also to keep a clean sheet. And we did that and we were away. Um, and I think, you know, as we've just been describing why, you know, nil-nil against Spurs yesterday was no disgrace. So personally, I don't think it is an issue, but I just wonder if there is anything in that, Alex. Uh, I don't think so. Not when Liverpool are drawing with Brighton and Leicester are losing at home to Fulham. What the fuck's just happened there? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this this is there are factors at play this season that we have to allow for, and that's a total lack of a crowd, a total disruption in terms of scheduling, um, a late start, COVID basically, um, that are gonna have weird impacts on it. And I do think that the crowd is one of them because you've noticed that people going home and away isn't what it should be. Um so I I think that I think in an ordinary season when the margins are so tight that you can only lose five games to win the league, I think it would matter more. I don't think it matters as much this season. And this is like 1954-55 all over again this season. I think we'll come up on the 
on the rails and just yeah. actually, I don't, I think we'll be. Did, you hear, did you hear the, the classic commentary? Oh, it's, it's, it's year ends in one, it's Spurs this year. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. What's that all about? Just the other thing you were saying about injury, it, it's also not just injury, it's also somebody catching COVID. Well, they also, that. yeah, they also said last night, they said that um, when Maradona was born, Spurs were top of the table, and when he died, 60 years later, they were top of the table. What does yeah. that even mean? They were, well, they were drugs. They've never been top of the table once in the 60 years in between. So why are you even I, I, I think Spurs, oh, it's top four. I think that's what they've got to aim for. But I can't, I can't, just, I just cannot assume with Joe in charge. I mean, we had this out with Ricky on Friday, yeah. and 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 you know, who's who's he's like Chemical Alley, but for Tottenham. And uh, you know, I said, look, you know, we haven't even had, had some Totteringham's day yet in March, and you know, it, you can set your clock by it, even with Mourinho in charge. Although the fact that they've got Mourinho in charge does worry me. It's his second season. We know what he's like. You know, he's not a mug. So, but I, I, I they'll go Spursy. They will, Jonathan. That's exactly what I was about to say. They will go Spursy. That's yeah. the thing. Has to remember, no, they always go Spursy. That mentality in that squad is not there. They've got no winners. I mean, but Bell, I wouldn't say he's one of those. He's a winner, yes, but he's not kind of like a, a vocal winner. He's quite quiet, quite introverted. He's not like a, you know, he's going to come on, punch it like Thiago Silva. The difference he's made, he's a. Oh, well, we're going to talk about yeah. him in a minute, Dan. Good segue. Yeah. But before we do, I just want to say, I've just had a thought actually listening to what you've all been saying about, you know, not beating our rivals, it's not an issue because the season's very different. I think you're right. I think maybe this season's going to be a bit like the Grand National. So what will happen as the months progress and, and, and we, we're taking casualties left, right and centre, all the teams are, the, the one that will win, it'll be like last man standing on the pitch, I think. Fain Arvin. Fain Arvin, Chich. You need to look it up from the Grand National. Go on. Does it, the, did, I think that they were the last horse left in it, weren't they? Yeah, yeah everybody else fell over. What year was that? Uh, 1927. Okay, you no, remember that vividly, clearly. I was there, Chich. I was yeah. there. You were the jockey, in fact, weren't you? I, I was. I, I was yeah. the horse. <laughs> I was. <laughs> no, I can't remember what year. 67? I can't remember when it was. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, I was vaguely aware of that, but there you go. Anyway, who knows? It's going to be... It's, I think it's basically what we're saying is it's going to be a really attritional season. It's going to be really... You know, I don't think we can compare this to any other season because of the rapidity of the fixtures, the the soft muscle injuries, and all of that. Uh, and I think you're going to find that there won't be a runaway leader. I think the lead, the the, the top place will change hands a lot, and I think the winner will be the one that limps to the end. As I said, anyway, uh, we're going to have a quick break, uh, but and then when we come back, we're going to talk about our fantastic defence. They definitely need a big up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Tammy. I thought jo- uh, Jimmy Floyd has some really interesting things to say about that. Uh, we'll talk about Werner and what happens with Werner and Tammy going forward, including my tactical analysis written out on a post-it pad before the show, especially for JK. But before all of that, uh, the uh, the uh, weekly plug for CFC UK fanzine. Um, as you know, you can't get it at the stall, and there's a reason for that, because... We can't go back to the football, although that, that's changing on Saturday. More of that later as well. Uh, but So what Dave's doing at the moment is he's sending them out by post, uh, or you can actually subscribe digitally. Uh, you can do that by going to cfcuk.net. Uh, and if you want one in the post, which I do, I have it here. I, I can prove to you I have it here. Dan will recognise this. You seen this, JK? Hello. That's my latest issue of CFC UK. The bottom line is CFC UK. You can get it by post uh, by emailing. Uh, by emailing. Oh, I've lost the email address. That's stupid of me. 
bugger. I think it's uh, cfcukgate17.co.uk, as my memory serves me correctly, and it's a couple of quid. How did I lose that off the, the script? I must be going potty. Anyway, we'll be back very soon when I've collected my brain from wherever I've left it. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge and I've got Mr. Jonathan Kidd with me. I've got Mr. Dan Silver with me. Hello, hello. And I've got the lovely Alex Churchill, the girl who likes balls. What, what's happened with your blog, mate? Uh, I did it for the first game of the season and then I'm just going to level with everyone and just say I just cannot bring myself to care in yeah. these circumstances. I watch all the games, I do, and I care about the results, but it just without your mates and without the social aspect and that's what the blog was really about was what it was like to be there and we're not. So. I know. I kind of feel like that with the show really, but you know, um, I love oh, seeing... You're tougher I, than I am because I've got me that. Well, no, but it's not the same because we spent so much time talking about being there. I'd meet up with you for a cup of coffee. We'd have a bit of a gas. I'd see Alex quite often. I'd see Dan in the pub. That's what the show was always about. But I love seeing you lot on a Monday evening, so I shall be doing this until they cart me off in a box. Anyway, now, uh, somebody who I hope doesn't get carted off in a box for a very long while yet is uh, Tiago Silva. I just wanted to start this part really by... Picking up on what we were saying in the first part, really, which is, you know, how well I think they played defensively anyway yesterday, but of course, how well they've been playing recently. And of course, much of that is down to Mendy. Much of that is down to Silva, who was a Rolls Royce of a player. Much of that is down to, I think, also Kante, who's now playing in this kind of uh, deeper role, which is his best position, I think. He's the ultimate disruptor. Um, and as we said earlier on, Kane and Son never got a sniff, which, you know, that that's, at the moment, this season, takes a lot of doing. But I've got to say, JK, I think Mendy, you know, could be our best buy this season. He is a very, 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 very good goalkeeper. Well, this, there was originally all this talk about him being a stopgap for some reason. I didn't uh, I didn't understand because if... Uh, if um, Oh, there's a tape going off. If... Um, uh, if he's been spotted by Czech and Czech is clearly a, a, a main mover uh, within the club, then he's going to be pretty good. And so um, he's, he's confirmed all the original suspicions that um, everybody who watched Wren last year would, of course, tell us what a fantastic goalkeeper he was. But yeah, he's he has that ability to do nothing happens for about, you know, for 80 minutes and he makes a great save. His concentration is so good. And he makes all the right decisions and uh, clearly gives everybody in defence great confidence. And um, and the defence, no doubt, in, inspires him as well. So he's uh, he's top banana. I think he's wonderful. I think that's another that's a position filled. You know, we were looking for top positions being filled. That one's filled. We've got a centre half being filled. That's filled. Still not. Zuma has improved and has really come up, um, but still not quite. 100% is what is required. Chilwell and James, brilliant uh, in defence. So um, uh, I think we're we're one away from being absolutely superb. But as I say, I'm willing to give Zuma the benefit of the doubt as he appears to have uh, just come on completely in leaps and bounds. But he is, 
um, Frank is going to be ringing the changes just because of the pressure of the fixtures. So um, uh, you hope the others are all coming up as well. And you hope that, uh, I thought Rudiger was pretty good the other day, Rudiger will play better with a better goalkeeper behind him, as we've, as we've seen in the, in the previous game when Rudiger played, with, when, um, in, the, in the game at the weekend, when, uh, when um, Silva didn't play. Um, so uh, I, I think it, I, Mendy, Mendy contributes in many ways as being, as being top banana, but it's exactly what is required if the team is to aspire to being the elite club that I think Roman wants it to be again. I don't think he's ever stopped wanting that, to be honest, but I know what you mean. Alex, uh, we, we've not talked to you really. I mean, I don't think we've seen you since we signed Mendy, actually. I could be wrong. What do, what do you think of him? I really like him. I do. He just... It, do you know what I love about us this season? is, And I said this right before... I was about to tweet this the other day, right before drama happened, is that we have become... Um, we have stopped being that team where literally you don't know what the fuck is going to happen when kickoff arrives and you don't know who's going to turn up. We have become uh, much more dependable and much more stable and much more, we make sense more on the pitch now. Um, and given the chaos at the back last season and that, obviously that had to change. And Mendy's just a massive part of why it has changed and I think he's brilliant I think was he not like training on his own because he didn't even have a club a little while yeah, ago he's unemployed um, yeah unemployed I mean, it's just it's like Kante driving around in his mini mm. we just seem to be getting more players that are sort of along the lines of Dave that are just happy to shut up do their job and play football um, and I just I'm so I'm so put off by the fact that JK looks like he's taking a piss in the corner we've done um, in that like, grass <laughs> yes. how do you think it's grown so tall I know, um, but yeah, I, ju- I just think just having a piss. Yeah, <laughs> put it away, I don't JK. Even what I'm saying anymore, uh, Dan. Um, I, I, I mean, by all means, uh, feel free to comment on Mendy, but I, I thought I'd reserve for you a bit more Thiago Silva love. Yeah, I mean, just just quickly, Mendy. The couple of things he did in the match yesterday, when he, um, I was like, God, <laughs> the cat threw me off. There's a very rejected part here. I'm not going to say it. Well, I was going to, so shall I do it? No. Yeah, go on. Well, I was going to say I was waving at Alex's pussy, but that would sound wrong. I was going to say, Alex's got a pussy out. Oh, look at Bertie. He's <laughs> waving back. Hello, Bertie. <laughs> Hello, Bertie. Yeah. That, Hi, Bertie. <laughs> what, he's a, that is the two cutest cat. Served, two are you being served gags in the space I know, of, I know. Uh, I know. And seconds. I have to say that, you know, Bertie is probably my favourite cat. I do love that cat. Anyway, sorry, Dan. It's not only him, but we were on a a Great War Group thing the other day. Everyone's cats seem to have become Zoom usurpers. As soon as they see Zoom go on, there they are in shot, mugging for the camera. It's kid knocking one out now. No, he's not. Look, right, we've upstaged you (laughs) with with, uh, Bertie, Alex's pussy cat. Uh, yeah. So uh, I shall I shall shut up. You were talking about Mendy and Silver, mate. Yeah, before he paused. Um, so yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Um, I, what what little Mendy had to do did really well when he came out towards the end to push that cross away. Just takes the pressure off. I think he's just been he's absolutely calm and personified. But no, Silver was just oh, he's such a joy to watch. I mean, it, it, if we could have got him like ten years ago, what a footballer! He just every bloke I know has a man crush on him. Everyone. Yeah. It's just something about me. Just, it's just effortless. He reads the game so well. 
he just steps up when he needs to, steps in when he needs to. It's just fantastic watching him play. You know, just no, brilliant. I can't, I can't remember. Sorry, go on, go on, mate. Go on, finish. I was going to say, you know, how much Zuma's sort of has improved. He's still got the odd rickety in, like, right at the last minute, but Zuma looks a significantly better player. He does all, like, the dirty work. He's almost like, you know, um, uh, Silver's going, Zuma, go here, Zuma, go there. He's, whatever. It's just, it's great to watch. That unit as a back four, Chilwell, James, it's a really, really good, strong back four. They're getting better with each game, hence the clean sheets. The, gonna... the, trans the transformation in the last... 10 games has been phenomenal compared to last season. I was going to say, and I can't remember whether it was Henry Winter or Alison Rudd in the Times, but they picked up uh, just how smooth and just, I mean, he just has all, like all great world-class players, Silva has all the time in the world. And as I said, I can't remember whether it was Henry or Alison Rudd who, who, who writing their report on the match said that there was a moment where a ball came along and he, and he headed it, but he twisted in the air so he could head it too Chilwell who could then initiate a move. And he said that that's what Silva's all about. It's not just about blocking and defending. He sees he sees what he does as always an opportunity. So whenever he blocks, defends, intercepts, it's always, he's always thinking about moving the ball forward. And it's oh, it's a joy to see. But JK, as, as you and I were saying, because we, our love for Kante knows, or Conte, as you like to say, knows no bounds. And I'm just so, I mean... I don't know. It's really weird, isn't it? Is is it a coincidence that because he's playing in the position that we like to think is his best, he looks back to his best? Or is he back to his best anyway and it just happens to be that Frank's got him in that deep-lying role? Either way, I'm so happy to see him looking apparently free from injury. I think it's the latter one. I think he's mm -hmm. um, he's, as he's good finally as he, had a rest. Yeah, he's as good as he's always been and he just happens Frank wants him to play a little further back, actually. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm, yeah, no, he was wonderful again. Absolutely wonderful. But you've got them all. But this is why, really, I'm I'm slightly disappointed about yesterday because we've got that sussed. You just got to Frank's got to get get it ticking up front, and then we'll 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 beat everybody. By the way, bizarrely, are you being served is on in the background on my uh, uh, on on my computer. Do, do, do you secretly watch it twenty four seven to see if you can pick up any gags? No, it's always the pussy gag. I, I look at those always. So you, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you've got the indeed, Mrs. Though you got there before me. And no, no, it's just a John, bizarre... Jonathan is actually sporting a blue rinse uh, tonight. <laughs> and a dress. Um, he's got the John Inman cap as well. Yeah, I've got a yes, like, yes, I'm free. Um, but um, in fact, bizarre, I'm actually just, I'm digitising all my Betamax tapes. And it just so happens that one stopped in the middle of uh, what we're doing. That's why I got up and went into the tall grass and looked as if I was weeing. I was, in fact, putting a new tape in. And Are You Being Served has come up. How about that? Yeah, but just going back to the attacking force, we've, we've scored a lot of goals this season. It just happened, we, have, we came up against a very belligerent Tottenham side. So I'm not too worried about the attacking. That, again, like the defence is slowly taking shape. But I have to say... Yeah, the ref didn't do us any favours. No, he, uh, he was a twat, wasn't he? But, I mean, we, we kind of expect that now. But... Uh, it's interesting what you say there. I mean, I, and I agree with you. As I said, I, I, I had this argument on Discord. I think that we didn't have any clear-cut chances. We were feeding off scraps. that had a lot to do with Tottenham. But I think we should be honest enough to be able to say, you know, could they have done better? Could we be more clinical? Because we know that we do have that in the tank, that not being clinical. And I, I thought, I mean, I tell you what, he, he is far too underused. And he is a brilliant pundit, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. And... Oh, yeah. 
you know, I mean, we sit here, I mean, we look, number one, we hate the fact there are so many ex-Liverpool players who are completely myopic and biased. But on the other hand, we also moan about the fact that there are no Chelsea pundits on there to be completely myopic and biased in our favour. But what I would say about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, while he clearly, clearly loves this club, he's a really smart bloke. He knows the game, but he's not biased, you know, and he calls it as he sees it. And I thought, well, fair play to you. And I mean, you know, if I'm going to hear somebody criticise Tammy Abraham, I'm going to take it from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, you know, and I, and I was really funny. And I said this to the boys on Discord that I remember that hat-trick, the perfect hat-trick he scored against Spurs in that series of four nils that we did. And and he, and I think he would have taken one of those chances. But then again, he was way more experienced than Tammy, who is still relatively young. But, you know, J- Jimmy said Abraham had to do better today. He needs to step up. Um and I think that's true. But I'll go back to what I said a few weeks ago, JK. You know, I think that Tammy is capable of stepping up. And I think he's capable of making those improvements. And I think that you will see that. I think he's already improved his all-round game a lot from last season. So whilst I'm disappointed he didn't manage to put one of them away, I'm not worried about Tammy. I think Tammy will come good for us. I really do. Well, I'm I'm worried as to what will happen if Giroud... I mean, I think it's all gossip about him going at Christmas, but I don't know who on earth would replace him um, just just because of what we've talked about. But at, at the moment, he he can't afford, Tammy, to not be up there um, at the same level um, as is required for the way the rest of the team is being set up and performing. And I have to say, I include Werner in that in the moment because Werner's not playing as well as we... We know that he can. And I think it's the same with Tammy. We've, we've seen, it's like they've set themselves their own bar, is that Tammy has set himself up as being uh, terrific and skillful. And, uh, and when he occasionally lacks in concentration, I think like at the weekend as well, I wasn't very um, pleased with either of their performances. And I think they both brought that into the game again. And that's why I think Frank should have changed it. Can I just say, though, what a problem to have. I mean, don't forget, not so long ago, we're sitting there looking at the team sheet thinking, fuck's sake, have we got no one else that can play instead of Morata? Yeah. Look no, at no, it now. Such, no, such high standards. It's or great. Batshuayi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm really going to have to use I, him. I, I absolutely agree with you. Just is that I really think the purchases and the way we've been playing and the potential is fantastic. And that's my big thing at the moment, is I honestly think we can be fantastic. You've got enough players, classy players, and I'm 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 sort of running before I can walk. Really, I want them to be fantastic now. So I'm just a bit frustrated by it. Is that because yeah. you know Zayac is potentially wonderful. He's been on some wonderful performances in Europe for for Ajax. Um, Werner potentially wonderful. Has done some great things. Balanced the the third goal the other day when he set Tammy up was absolutely superb. Pulisic has been wonderful. So the defence is looking great. So therefore, I I, I want them to. It's that thing we were talking about on the show uh, before is that it's that you look back 10 years and everybody was fantastic on the on the pitch. They were all world class players. The odd one or two came up to a level. I want that to be happening again because it's joyous when the team plays superbly and puts the just blows the other other team away with brilliant skill. It's absolutely joyous. And I want that I'm really again. excited about Frank as well, developing yeah. as a manager. I can already see the leaps and bounds he's come on since last season. I mean, he that yesterday was all about the two managers and he didn't get done by Mourinho. What I love Whereas after last season. Dan? 
what I love about Frank is the way he, he holds himself. He's just such an erudite, well-spoken, fabulous individual. It's the way he just, he just is classy. Everything he says, you can see he fights a corner. I think he's very much got iron fist and a velvet glove with those players. I don't think he, he's happy with... No, you know, underperforming. I think he's no. he's got that edge to him. Well, he, that's how he played, Dan. That's yeah. how he played and yeah. trained, yeah. wasn't it? Tamori may be an example of the reason that we see that side of Frank. We yeah. don't know, but it I may wonder... be that he's not happy with the way that Tamori's been behaving, so he well, doesn't look, get in the. In well, look the... how hot Caleb didn't even get on the bench. That's how tough he is because Caleb yeah. did game midweek. He didn't even get looking. He's a winner, mate. That's what yeah. he's about. Now, look, let's go back to these strikers because you can't. We've kind of got into that and Werner. I mean. I, we we talked a lot about this on Friday, didn't we, J.K., about Giroud and what a shame it would be to see him go, but one can understand why he would. And I, and I agree with you. I think if he does go, we are a little bit light in that department. There's no doubt about it. And I think given the times we're in, you know, I think what we've got, we've got two out-and-out strikers in Tammy and Giroud, and then we've got Werner, uh, who can play, play left wing, but is fundamentally a striker. And actually, on, on that point, uh, JK, now is the time for the, the Chidge analysis. This is not my shopping list. You can see that? Two pints of milk. Not two pints of milk. No. Right, OK. Because I saw you whinnying, whinnying on about this on Twitter, and I thought, I know, I'll have him. I'll prove the silly old sod wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll blind him with stats. Whinnying? Yeah, whinnying. <laughs> whinnying. Like you said you were a horse earlier on. Anyway, um, I thought I'll get him. I'll blind him with some stats here. I'll prove the silly sod wrong. And I've actually what I've done is I've dug out the stats to prove that you're a hundred and fifty percent right. You're going to love this, all right? <laughs> so when I when I went back because transfer murked is the go-to place for all stats. If you if you if you don't pay for Opta stats, transfer murked is the place to go. Anyway, so I because I knew that they would tell me how many goals and assists that Werner has scored in his career and whatever position he scored or assisted them in. And that was fundamentally your argument, JK. Is he a left winger or is he a centre forward? Anyway, this season as a left winger, he scored five goals, two assists. As a centre forward, two goals, two assists. This season is an outlier, right? This season proves my point. Every other season proves yours absolutely 100%. 1920, three goals as a left winger, one assist. 30 goals as a centre forward, 13 assists. 1819, no goals on the left wing. Uh, 19 uh, as a centre forward and 10 assists. 1718, no goals or assists as a left winger. 20 goals as a centre forward, 10 assists. 1617, no goals as a left winger. 19 goals, 18 assists as a centre forward. And then 15-16, when I would imagine he was probably just breaking through. No goals on the left wing. Uh, he scored six goals as a centre forward, four assists, and one goal and one assist as the second striker. So I think the case, I'm afraid, Malud, is categorically, undeniably proven. JK is right. Chidge was wrong. Werner is a bloody good centre forward, not a left winger. Discuss. Dismissed. Job done. Okay, I mean, mic drop, bye bye. I mean, you yeah, know, pretty much. his stronger position playing down the middle. I think long term, that's what we're going to see him. I just think for, for whatever reason, Frank decided to you know keep keep Tammy down the middle. I mean, listen, he's he's a goal scorer. He's seen what what little he's seen of him. We know, he knows where the goal is. He's a phenomenal finisher. And I think he's going to be north of twenty goals this season. I, I've got very little worries about where we are at the moment. I think once now Pulisic is fit, I think we we'll, might see more of Vernon down the middle. And then Pulisic and Ziyech 
Well, I was going to, yeah, I mean, I, I, what I would say to, I think you're right, Dan, but I, I would preface that by saying I think what Frank's got actually at the moment at Chelsea up front are a lot of very, very flexible players. He can play a number of roles. Ziyech, Pulisic, Werner, Havertz, all pretty flexible, very modern football alike. Um, I do think that, you know, don't be under any illusion. I think having Tammy playing up front in the middle and Werner on the left has actually, to a degree, worked quite well because I think... Tammy will create space for the other players to move into, like a good, big, hairy ass centre forward will. And I think that Werner can be very effective coming in from, you know, coming from inside. He's not the biggest guy in the world. And remember, all the stats that I've just read out apply to the Bundesliga, not the Premier League. He's not the biggest bloke in the world. So maybe he needs to, like, go under the centre-back's radar a bit. And, and maybe being on the left helps him to do that. So I think, fundamentally, Frank's got something there. However, and we kind of, again, touched on this a little bit last week. I just wonder, and it was interesting, wasn't it? It was interesting, actually, to see Pulisic come on for Werner. I thought maybe what he would do is take Tammy off, put Werner in the middle and Pulisic out left. But I do wonder if we, if he, if now if Pulisic is fit, he might go back to Pulisic on the left, Werner in the middle, Ziyech on the right. Dan? Well, that's what I think. That's, that's, our, that's our strongest front three, I think. That's our most potent players, I think. Because, you know, you've got, you've got this, the absolute pace is to burn. That's going to scare semi-defenders because you've got three. Does that mean, though, there's less chance for Giroud, though, Dan? Yeah, Giroud, Giroud's not going to... If you've got your strongest team... As much as I love Giroud, Giroud's not on the bench. It's Tammy as a, as a backup, I think. Unless we go back to, you know, more subs, in which case then you've got eight or nine on the bench, which makes a difference. But that front three, Pulisic with his pace, Ziek, Werner, that's a, that's a phenomenal front three. That's on par with um, Klopp's lot. Well, it is. Well, and, and I mean, that's actually, thank you, Dan. You just, you, I mean, you're a genius. You realise that, don't you? You've answered my question without me having yeah. asked it yet. Because I was going to say, ah, oh, but... Premier League and all that, you know, you need a bit of an aerial threat now and again. And, of course, Mane, Salah and Firmino don't really offer that at all. And Liverpool seem yeah. to do quite OK, don't they? Exactly. Leicester got Vardy over the top. Kane doesn't... I don't know what Kane's He's a big lad, best. though, mate. He's, he's, yeah, no, but uh, I don't know how many goals he gets from his head compared to his feet. You know, then you look at the other teams. I mean, Arsenal, Arsenal's front three of... Well, you know, Aubameyang couldn't have bond or Pepe just likes head-butting. <laughs> and then you've got, you've got William. We know about William. He's you know the wrong side of thirty. You know that, that front three arguably is up there with the best in the Premier League. You know City City's front three seems a little bit unbalanced because Aguero is not fit. You know Hayes, Sterling, Foden, Mares. I mean, I. But on, on the other hand, Dan. On the other hand, and I mean I agree with you, and I think that you know as a rule, good good defenses with two good centre backs will you know eat up. Anybody trying to pump a ball into a centre forward all yeah. day long. However, however, you know, we've got Reese James on the right. Uh, we've got uh, Ziesh as well on the right. And we've yeah. got Chilwell, all capable of putting in superb crosses, which should be meat and drink to a, you know, a big centre forward. Yeah, it's very true. Although we play between the lines and have balls through. Well, which, indeed. Yeah. 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 I think Chilwell tell me a good plan B. I think, you know, Stig Werner, those three, uh, those, they, they are going to cause some serious trouble to defences because they they're, they're interchangeable as well because, you, you know, Pulisic can move more central. Yep. Uh, and Ziyech, yeah. Havertz as well. Yeah. You've, got Hav- you've got Havertz. I mean, you think it's Mount, Havertz, um, Kante. 
the midfield is probably our stronger, our best three, although harsh on Kovacic. And then the front three picks itself in the back four, we almost got a settled well, team. You just mentioned Kovacic there, Dan, and that's kind of reminded me. I think we've just done the great man a huge uh, disservice, yeah. Alex, because, um, you know, given a choice, and I think this is the other interesting thing about Havertz too, because clearly Havertz is not 100% fit at all and clearly the COVID knocked him back a fair amount because uh, I was surprised to see him start and then I kind of thought about it I thought ah oh, it, maybe it's going to take him a while to get back to full fitness so Kovacic started wouldn't have been my first choice but I actually thought Kovacic was brilliant yesterday and you know we, we seem to forget so quickly don't we now we've got all these amazing players that have come in that Kovacic was our player of the year last year this is a good player you know he's a yeah. good player Absolutely brilliant. He is Mikel without the one glaring, hilarious fuck-up in every game. And he's a lot more skill, I'd say, actually. Yeah, but he does. he's in that same position where you don't get any of the glory, but if you get it wrong, you're the first person that people notice because yeah. of where you are. Uh, and I, he's been phenomenal. I think he's great. I, I still can't believe that Real Madrid let him go. Mm. Because they wanted him to be um, the replacement for... Oh God, I'm having a brain fart here. Modric. Thank you. Modric. Yeah, well done, Dan. Yeah, they wanted him to be the replacement for Modric, but he's not Modric. I tell you what I like about him, J.K. I what I like about Kovacic particularly is when we and he find themselves in the shit just outside of our penalty area, he has the skill, the tenacity, and the wherewithal to just run with the ball out of danger and just keep bloody going, even if there's nobody to pass to, and then then very cleverly take the foul and get us out of danger. And he did it so many times yesterday. Or, or not take the foul or, or get through and deliver an, an excellent pass. Indeed, indeed. But I, I, that will always be, unless he comes up with something else over the next few seasons, my uh, my major memory of him, absolutely right, Chidge, is of just um, battling skillfully uh, away from defensive positions and setting something up. I think the Watford away last year was a perfect example of his brilliance doing that, where he ran the game. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we, we write him off a bit if he doesn't quite... He's not very good at coming on, I find, as a uh, um, in games. He, I'm not quite sure he knows what his role is. When he knows what he's playing from the very beginning, we get that all the time and we see how absolutely excellent he is. Um, no, he was very impressive yesterday. But I, I will you know, say, once again, Kante and... Uh, and he and the whole of the defence were were absolutely outstanding. Uh, it, and uh, Mount was as well. So it, it was just in the end down to, you know, the faintest, um, those those narrow margins up front, I'm afraid. Small for me. margins, isn't it? Yeah. Small yeah. margins. Very quickly before we disappear for another break, um, I know we talked about Werner and we've, we've established beyond any reasonable doubt, any sound, any jury of sound men and women of sound mind or whatever would, would absolutely say that Werner is, is a, is a center forward. Um, thing is, Alex, does he, do you think he needs a rest? I mean, I'm, I'm curious about this because, you know, he wasn't going to start against Burnley and then Pulisic, you know, did his, you know, broke a fingernail or something and then he had to play and, and he's still not had a rest since then. So if he needed a rest before Burnley, how come he's not had one since? And does he need one? I think maybe a bit. I just, you have to think about all of these players. We've been remarkably spoiled with 
new players. Chilwell just looks like he's played for us for a decade. Um, but all players are different because he's come from the Premier League. Ramirez, when he joined, was awful for the first six months. Werner was brilliant when he started and so was Deco, remember? And then ran out of steam a bit. I do think you have to cut them some slack in their first season. And again, in this of all seasons as well, it's very unpredictable, the toll on their bodies um, and the toll on them mentally as well from all of the restrictions that they're having to endure behind the scenes to stay in bubbles and all this shit um that i do think we have to cut them some slack and and think that they will really go up and down quite dramatically this season Mm. now i've got as, as i've got your attention and we're about to go to break i've cleared the path of any other potential chelsea fan cast promotion to allow you to do what i do so badly every week which is to plug your your wonderful domestic violence child victim present fund oh yes that has uh basically started off as a chelsea fan thing uh it's brilliant we have about a thousand pounds already that's great uh we're doing a much reduced one this year because obviously lots of people um don't have the cash but then martin wickham of all people came up and said uh, i've done loads of overtime and i haven't got anything fun to spend it on of all years this is the year that i have spare money so we did do it um we're looking after some of the families that we've got to know really well over the last three or four years uh one of them had to leave everything and run again this year um right in april in the middle of the lockdown uh, another one is in emergency housing and God love her. She is, she's down on the coast and she is uh, not far from Glover. And that is miles and miles away from anyone she knows or anything she knows with two babies. And she hasn't seen anyone in a month at this point. So it's been a very different year. Um, and we thought that we'd just concentrate on the people that we already know quite well, because some of the all this emergency housing stuff has been very difficult and they've been shut up alone with the children for large, long periods this year. So we'd like to make a difference for them. So if you could donate something, it would be much well, And how, how do people how do people donate? Where do they find out? Where do they find it? Where they can where can they find, you know, usual kind of stuff? Where do they find it? And how, how so can they donate? There's probably the easiest and the safest way for people who I don't know personally is we have a Facebook fundraiser running, um, which I can give you the link to put on the fancast um, social media. But if anyone's done it before, it's the same details as other years in terms of if you contact me on social media, I'll give you the email for PayPal donations. Um, and then we don't pay a fee like we do on Facebook. But um, it's the same details as last year if you've done it before. At CFCGWLB. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Get in touch with Alex on Twitter and she will direct you as to where you can do that. I know Jonathan's donated. I need to get my skates out and do it. I, I will. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sure we can twist dan's arm as well but oh, yeah, any, of course yeah. anybody else out there please do it's a great cause i tell you really i do is. i do find myself in the most i so i end up obsessing over things that i never thought i'd obsess over this year it's these remote controlled dogs but they're balloon <laughs> dogs <laughs> right. balloon animals um and they're like 60 quid but they make a hundred different noises and they pee who wants oh a wow i love it man dog that do pees? they shit as well 
I don't know, but I just I'm looking at it, and because there are two brothers, and we can't have them fight, they've got one each, yeah. uh, and you're looking at them, and you're thinking, oh, Christmas Day is going to be a nightmare, and then this is this is Sam, who many people have met because we've we've had Harry at football, we've taken him, he met Hazard, and this family we've got to know really well. Um, I I rang her the other day when I'm really sorry, but I bought them all like a semi-automatic Nerf gun each with a hundred bullets each. Um, so she has asked for for Christmas for a bulletproof vest. oh well well done alex as always you do superb work and uh, we love you for it um very quickly actually i did promise you no more plugging but uh this is going to be quite groovy man uh but you may remember i'm looking at all of you as well actually in front of me but you may remember the art of football who make these fantastic t-shirts they did the great munich one they did a baku one you know they've given me a few over the years so i can help promote them well they've got a competition coming up Oh, yes. They've got a competition coming up, which is going to be on Thursday. So keep your eyes skinned on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter page uh, on Thursday because uh, you will be required to uh, like and retweet something, I think. I uh, can't quite remember now. But if you do that, you'll have a, you'll have a chance to win uh, some either t- a T-shirt or, or a print or whatever. Alex? No, I was going to wait for you to finish. Oh no, no. Well, go on. Just butt in now. It's okay. Oh, I just, I just wanted to ask when you were done if I could just quickly do a shout out for Steve Kelleher, yeah. who I think most of us know by sight if we don't know by name because he's ever present. Um, he is, he has been given a very sad diagnosis. Mm. Um, and just to say, Steve, I love you. You're doing so well. I see you on Facebook, and he's doing all of these bucket list things and spending time with family and. Loving Chelsea still, and you're just an inspiration, mate. And stay well as long yeah. as you can. Well, I, I echo that. I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, so there you go. Um, good luck, Steve. Keep your eyes peeled on Thursday on Chelsea Fancast Twitter for the Art of Football competition and dip your hand in your pocket for Alex's Domestic Violence Child Victim Present Fund and go to at CFCGWLB for that. Now, after the break, uh, we are going to be talking about the return to the bridge and everything that's going on with Chelsea uh, flogging 2,000 tickets for Leeds and Krasnodar. We'll see you in a sec. Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge. He is, of course, Jonathan Kidd. Yeah. He is, of course, Dan Silver. Hello. And she is, of course, Alexandra Churchill. Not offended by boob gags ever. Ever? No, no. That, for people who weren't listening to us off air, they'll have no idea 
what we're talking <laughs> about. But there we go. Right now, this is quite quite serious. Let me give you a bit of context for this. Um, I know we talked about it with Liam on Friday about the fact that Chelsea had literally just announced that they were uh, going to uh, allow two thousand supporters into the Leeds United game on Saturday and the Krasnodar game on I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday next week I can't remember now but um, which is a, a huge cause for for celebration I mean um, you know I know that there are quite a few people myself included that you know sitting in a in a stadium with 2,000 supporters uh, being under all sorts of restrictions the whole thing not being full being worried about getting covid a whole myriad of, of reasons why I can understand why a lot of people don't fancy it. But I know, I know that there are so many people, so many friends who are absolutely desperate to go back to Stamford Bridge and, and, and watch some football of any variety in any situation. And I totally get that. And, and, I'm, and I'm really genuinely very, very happy for a lot of people. Now, the other context, I mean, you know, basically Dan and I, are still very much part of the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Um, I'm no longer El Presidente, which many would say is probably a good thing. Um, but I'm still very much involved. Dan is probably even more involved than me these days. But what I can tell you is that, as you know, I mean, this was on the cards going back to the summer when we thought we might be getting out of the lockdown and, and, and they were talking about it then. So the Supporters Trust has been in dialogue and talking to the club in conjunction with people like the Chelsea Supporters Group and the Chelsea Supporters Club, uh, talking to the likes of Bruce Buck, Guy Lawrence, you name it, about how to manage this return to the bridge, knowing that at some time it would happen, knowing that it wouldn't be more than a few thousand people. And throughout that dialogue, which I'm led to believe by Cliff, who who tends to be the one that represents us, that they were you know, including us in the discussion, taking on board what we were saying, listening to the suggestions that we had to make. Amongst those, very much so, were that we, you know, reckoned they should be selling the tickets 50% on loyalty points and 50% on a first-come, first-served ballot type basis. And certainly that the pricing should be, you know, obviously not extortionate, um, but the same for, for all parts of the stadium. And and we were very much led to believe that that's what they would do. So imagine our uh, disappointment, to put it mildly, when we find out that um, it's all on a ballot. So that means that if, you know, you're somebody who, you know, kind of puts all your tickets on the exchange, you've got as much chance of getting a ticket in the ballot as somebody who's been to every home away in European game. Not really very fair in my book. But that's not the worst thing, Dan, is it? The worst thing is they're charging 75 quid to sit in the West Lower for, you know, I mean, it's a bit like, I can't think of a, of a decent analogy really, but, they're, you know, they're charging you more for a far, I mean, a diminished experience, it has to be said. It's appalling, yeah. Dan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrendous. I mean, it's, it just, it's, it's such a, it's such a false atmosphere. It just, I, I was shocked. I mean, you know, the dialogue, even going back to October when we thought we might be back in there before second lockdown, they were very, very much on board what we were saying. And then suddenly they they, they dropped that bomb. It was, it was, it was shocking. Um, I think they realised that they, they don't give a crap because they're, they're probably so anyway, going by social media, they've easily got enough of the ballot. But it was, it was just really, really 
of all the fantastic what they've done over the over the summer with the NHS, with all the other bits and pieces, and all the credit they deserve for being absolutely brilliant. They 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 drop a massive shit on the supporters, you know, with, straight away. And I think part of the reason was that there was only like a two day window from the announcement coming out to the ballot opening, so it gave us a little time to really rally up against it. It just means moving forward for the next set of games, and hopefully there might be an increased attendance for as well. We can really push to go back towards a, a fairer price. You know, seventy-five quid. Or bit, yes, it's going to be United, but seventy-five quid is even more than you pay normally to sit in the West End. I know it's absolutely criminal. Yeah. It really is. It's exploitative. It's extortionate. It's yeah. fundamentally taking the piss. Um, and I mean, right. the, rea- yeah. the reality yeah. of it is, is you know, number one, it's exploitative because you know there are plenty of people who who will definitely or who would have really been up for going. I mean, I, I have to say, Dan, I'm I'm fairly sanguine about the balloting of it i absolutely believe that there should have been some consideration for supporter loyalty there is no easy way to do this like there never is with loyalty points you know you're never going to keep everybody happy and you're going to disappoint some people it's a fact of life but being extortionate and exploiting that loyalty is is appalling at any time but even more so at a time when there's a lot of people who've been furloughed for eight months who haven't got much money to spend yeah, I think I, cause I, I spoke to Matt Smith, who's like a, a, a journalist up, up in Burnley this afternoon. Just the same thing. It just, it really is a really nasty taste. I mean, they, they didn't need to charge 75 quid. They could have gone with 40 quid. It would be very reasonable. You know, something, something like that is a fair price. I'd, I'd have to pay 40 quid and take my chances in the ballot. You know, arguably the only thing they might have done is, is possibly fair as to, if you are successful in the ballot, you can't apply again till you're invited to come back, which means at least most supporters will get a chance they want to in the short term to get tickets for the future games. And the, the Krasnodar one, 35 quid what could be a dead rubber. Again, it's like, well, that, they could have done that for 15 quid because arguably that game would mean, mean absolutely nothing. And you're going to be watching, you know, the kids in the B team play. If we get a result against the field tomorrow night, that game is literally pointless well you know what worries me is that that this is i mean it's really interesting if you cast your minds back to before lockdown uh which was of course in march there was a lot of concern already that they were about and it was pretty much i mean not common knowledge but certainly the people i was talking to there was a a definite feeling that they were going to really hike up the um season ticket prices for this what would have been this season you know, Guy Lawrence has been the brought... the plastic cards yeah, as well. Yeah. They've got to pay for that because it was going all digital. So well, it's, really... it's not just that, Alex. Guy Lawrence is dedicated to um, squeezing as much profit out of uh, the club and the supporters as he possibly can. That's what he's been brought in for. Hence the £2 admin fee. So, example, for example, these £75 tickets are actually 77 quid. And the reason why he's put two, min, two quid admin on there is because, you know, he wants to, to make more money for the club or stop losing it or whatever. Just to give you a bit of uh, perspective on this, Arsenal are charging 15 quid for uh, Rapid Vienna, 45 quid for their club level. Um, Crystal Palace, no, no news yet. Everton, no news yet. At Fulham, Liverpool, no news yet. Uh, 40, 45 quid basically yeah. aren't they yeah for, for, for yeah yeah which is understandable yeah. uh spurs doing 65 quid plus one pound 75 admin fee so they're not far short of us um but we are we are the most expensive of uh of all of them and um so what are we doing about this dan what's the trust doing 
Well, trust is fighting the corner. We're doing all we can. I think we got because the next home game after Krasnodar, we'd have a better idea of how how the um, COVID is reacting. If we can get increased fan numbers, and we've got to really then push them to really reconsider, you know, pricing, especially as coming close to Christmas. So we really have, we'll have more time to generate some serious interest because we had two days to rally the troops, so to speak. It was almost impossible to do anything meaningful in that sort of 48 hours. Got a period. lot of traction with that statement, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's all we could have done in the short term. I think in the longer term, we're going to be really fighting hard. You know, we've got some meetings with the club um, up and coming in the next few weeks. And we're going to make absolutely sure that we hammer home how disappointed people are and just realise that for sake of, you know, £4,000 in admin fees, is that really, do you really need to do that? You know, just the little things like that. The £2 just takes the absolute piss right now. All, all those little things, you know, they do so much good work and yet they spoil it. It's by, a real PR own goal, I think, isn't it? Oh, and I mean, it's, it's, there, it is. It's, it, it's, this is not, by the way, and I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff on Twitter saying, oh, well, you know, the club have got a right to try and make some money back and all that. Well, of course they have. I know that. They're a business. But the reality is, is that most of the big clubs, unless you get 10,000 people in there, you're going to make a stinking loss on it anyway. And yeah. there were actually news reports before the government announced that this this was able to happen, that the Premier League clubs were about to say, actually, we're not really interested in doing that. So, you know, they're not making any money on this anyway. So, you know, does it does it really matter whether they're charging fans 75 quid or 45 quid, Dan? No, I don't, no it doesn't. Also, I was listening to um, Kieran Maguire, who, who's a football finance expert on another podcast this morning, and apparently the, the government dropped this back. There's no warning. The government just dropped it in the, in the club's laps without any warning. So they were, I had no idea this was coming back. So they had very little time to, to prep. Not that that's a defence. They just should have re- read the room a little bit better. Because so, we're the first to come out, I think, with pricing. So obviously they could have waited to see what the other big clubs were doing and say, well, actually, you know what? Let's go in at 50 quid. I mean, 50, 50 quid about the top level, I'd imagine, what people want to pay. If we're at tier two, which we will be, and that, is that restaurants open? Is that the idea? The restaurants open with that? I don't know about what's open. I don't think I've actually read if they're going to have. Uh, yeah, open. I th- yeah, restaurants will be open. It's well, basically that, it's, no no bars for only drinking. It's, right, right. Yeah, well, that's right. Of course, it's grub, isn't it? With it, your yeah. grub with it. What's considered a substantial meal? Of course, it's that because um, uh, hospitality is open. Uh, the West Stand is open, and um, uh, you know I sit in Aussies normally. And uh, um, they're charging £470 for the evening. And uh, for that, you get a three-course three, uh, um, meal and a glass of champagne when you're on your arrival. But you have to arrive two hours beforehand, uh, or they won't let you in with your passport, which I think everybody has to do anyway, and have a, or have a test. In this sense, you have to have a test. And that, that's happening everywhere. But my, my problem is... is if I wanted to go, which isn't high on my list of priorities, um, I have no desire to uh, to have a meal. I don't want to sit in a restaurant. So, um, yeah, uh, and I'm I'm therefore even on my level of you know one of the one of the things I've always said about Aussies was it was an area that we sat that Bates made into hospitality. Through therefore through being a hospitality member, I am being invited to go to the West Stand and to pay this huge amount of money. And I don't even want the meal. I just want to watch the game. And I am in, I'm enticed by the fact I really would like to watch the game sitting in an environment where others aren't. That's what I find attractive about this. I want to watch my team live. And I have to say, I don't care about the atmosphere. I would love to be watching them. But the, the, the problem is, is that I don't want to pay such a grotesque amount of money to do so. Yeah. I just think it's... Uh, I think the problem is it's a captive market because people will pay it. 
judging yeah. by yeah. The, the ballot numbers. That I think I think what, uh, Robert from our supporters trust said ballot numbers are way in excess of you know supply and demand. I think it'd be the same for Crescent because people are desperate for football and those have got it, which absolutely fire will spend the money. That's why it's which, exploitative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which which club thinking well, you know what, we'll, we'll sell two thousand easily because two thousand people can will be able to afford it. Um, and, and, no one's going to boycott it because they'll be up for their own with their rights just to be because they want to go back. They don't care about the, the, the bigger picture. That's very true. Well, I mean, look, I think I think the bottom line is, is that I know that the trust are putting a a, a statement, well, more of a, a, a letter to the club, um, to the board to register our, our disquiet about what they're doing. And as Dan said, there will be meetings with them. We will continue to have meetings with them. And I think it's important that we, we you know, we have dialogue with them and we have it regularly and when they make complete ricks of things that we're there to tell them that that's very much what the trust was set up to do and what it's for you you know you much as they might annoy me like hell there's no point just chucking molotov cocktails at them from outside the entrance to to britannia gate you you need to be able to sit down and reason with and talk to these people and that's what the trust does but I tell you now, things are going to change at this club as far as supporters are concerned. And I have to say, I'm not massively uh, enamoured about the way that that might go. So I think the need for the supporters' trust to continue to have this dialogue and be having a seat at the table and talking to them is more important now than ever. And the thing is, is that that voice is far more powerful the more members we have. And we need more members. We need more of you lot who are as passionate about this club and the football as we all are to sign up and become a member. It's, it's, it takes you two minutes. There's nothing to it. You know, preferably sign up to be a voting member. Then you can have a real say in, in what we do and how we do things. Even, you know, even try and get elected onto the board. You know, it costs you five quid a year to do that. To, to talk to people, get your message out, get your voice heard, get it to the club so they stop making stupid yeah. decisions and ruin the future of the club and ruin the way that we support it, Dan. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we no, we do we do have contacts with all the big the big important people within the club. So, you know, we do have a, a very valid role. We're elected, so take us more seriously. We need it. The more, the more members, the better. The, strong, the stronger we can go to with things like surveys, anything like that. Pure, it's a numbers game for the club, and the more numbers we get, the stronger our our viewpoints and our stance will be. So please, please join us. It's a yeah. fiver. Yeah, it's a fiver. Easy That's to it. do. Easy to do. As I yeah. said, five quid to be a full voting member. You can also be a non-voting member, which costs you nothing. But as I said, it's the full voting membership which is the key because it means you get more involved and engaged. Um, all you have to do is go to chelseasupporterstrust.com and uh, you can follow the trust on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust, and it's also on Facebook. So there you go. Right, now, uh, party political broadcast over from the Right Honourable Dan Silver and the uh, Lord Privy Seal, uh, me, Stanford Chidge. But uh, it's time to talk more football now. Uh, we got Sevilla coming up on Wednesday, um, uh, which I think, and we were saying this, weren't we, again on, on Friday, because we were talking about the Ren game, JK. Yes. This, for me, is the crucial game. Um, it's really interesting, because it's delicately poised, this. I mean... You know, we've played four, one, three, drawn one, uh, scored nine, uh, and have won against Severe. Played four, one, three, drawn one, lost nil, four, six against three. So we're we're doing better than them on goal difference, but we're we're neck and neck. And of course, we drew nil nil 
in our home leg. So we need to the worst. Well, obviously, the worst thing that can happen is we lose. But if we if we have a score draw with them, we'll be top. If we win, obviously, we'll be top. Yeah. I mean, the question is, J.K., how important is it to end up top? Very important, indeed. I mean, having said that, though, I think if Barcelona and Real Madrid finish second, um, we'll probably end up playing them if we're first. Um, I'm, I'm, I wonder what a what a prior whether it is a priority for Frank, because they're so pleased to have uh, qualified. Um, but I'd have thought he would be very, very keen on us uh, winning the group, just because you never know what the draw. If you who, who you can get, you can get a lesser side, which would really help us get past the. Uh, the 16, which is something that we haven't done for the last four seasons, isn't it? So, um, no, I would be very, uh, I'd be very keen for us to win it. So I, I'm, I don't think he's going to take this lightly. But having said that, though, I don't think he's going to pick the same team that played uh, yesterday. But I think he'll give Giroud a go from the beginning. And I said this the other day, actually, about the Spurs game. But I think in this instance, he will. Because um, Giroud, particularly because Giroud's so hungry for it. Uh, and I think it would be foolish not to. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he gives Werner a rest and, and plays Pulisic from the beginning. Um, so uh, I think he'll play Silva. I think he'll uh, he'll try and keep the same defence that we've got, but perhaps fiddle around with the midfield and the attackers. Um, I think just because uh, he'll want he'll want to win the group um, for all the, the power that it gives you in the draw. Um, and if we do happen to draw... Madrid or Barcelona, if they fail to win the group, they're not very good at the moment. So there's always that that yeah. possibility that we'd go through. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to rest Timo for sure. Um, I, I think I think right now it's um it's just a moot point coming first or second because there's so many good teams in the Champions League, and also the fact we're playing Wednesday, quite a few of the groups might be decided. So we might actually know by that point who's going to be first or second, which might actually influence his team selection right now because we've got Krasnodar home, haven't they? And they've got Last game, haven't we? Red. Which is on paper. Yeah. yeah, red. Red might be in a position where they need to win their last game to secure. No, they're uh, out of it, mate. Not for Europa League. If they, if um, they win. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Ren, yeah. Ren and Krasnodar have both got a point each, so they're fighting yeah. for a Europa League spot. So yeah. you're right there. They have got something on it. Potentially, Seville might go into a game with something on it. Um, I, listen, I, I, it's too close to call. I think whoever we get will be a tough, tough so you know coming top may not mean anything i just think we just need to put a good a good performance get some you know games in the players legs like pulisic rest a few players because whoever he puts in in theory should have enough for severe i think well you say, you say that i you see i don't think severe are a bad side at all this kind of nonsense people said bang oh it was nil nil we should have battered them blah 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 they've won their last five matches so they've beaten Huesca 1-0 krasnodar 2-1 Celta Vigo 4-2, Osasuna 1-0, and Krasnodar 3-2. So you could be be fair and say, well, they haven't exactly played anybody decent, and that would be true. And they've let in a lot of goals, actually. They've let in what? Uh, One, uh, three, uh, five goals in those matches. Whereas we've won our... Well, we've drawn, obviously, we drew Spurs uh, against Spurs the other day, and... uh, We've won all the rest of them, conceding a, a mere couple of goals. So, you know, they're not going to be a pushover, Alex, that's for sure. No, I don't think they are. Um, 
it's a weird one, isn't it? I think more than any, more than even the domestic games, the European ones just seem to be bonkers this year. Um, I agree. I I want to see Giroud start. I totally agree with that. I think um, he's earned it. I think it's I think it's the kind of fixture as well that he would do really well in. I'm kind of like I've become really zen about it all. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm kind of being like well, the gin. Probably. Possibly. Just accepting, you mean? Accepting what, what happens, happens, you mean? <laughs> yeah. You do enough raging against the Chelsea machine for all of us, JK. <laughs> you do it so much better than I do. That's very true. Listen, guys, I've actually got a list here because I've done, you know, I hope you've noticed this, Alex, as you've not been on the show for a while. Have you noticed how much homework I now do for this show? Mate, the, you used to get like three, five minutes before two A4 sheets telling you, I'm going to talk some shit about some football and you would have cut and posted some emails into it. <laughs> now you get, you get a diagram with the formations and you get basically, if I if I could, I could not watch any of these and start my blog again based on the notes about the game that you give us. I know. Um, it's it's epic. Epic. Thank you. Little swap. Thank you. I'm now I'm now Alex Alex's teacher's pet. What JK? Since Zoom, Chidge, because you now realise that you have to put this this face on that we haven't before. He could get away with so much when he was uh, when we couldn't see. Him. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I've had to put some clothes on for a start. Dark, you yeah. know. Uh, anyway, I have done some homework as I've been bragging about, and uh, in terms of who Chelsea might face next, now my my from my memory, clearly not Man United, Liverpool, or or Man City, um, but we could face. These are basically the top two uh, in the groups, uh, apart from Man City, and uh, I might I have a feeling I might have screwed up here, but anyway, uh, we could face Bayern Munich or Atletico. Either of them would be bad news, I think, because they're good. Borussia Mönchengladbach or Real Madrid. Real Madrid are not in good form. And Mönchengladbach aren't in spectacular form at the moment. Porto, you never know with Porto, but I'd fancy us beating Porto. Ajax, Ajax or Atalanta, um, you never know with Ajax. But again, I would fancy us. They're always weaker every year, you would have thought, because they sell all their best players. Uh, Atalanta beat Liverpool the other day, so you yeah, know that'd that would be like the Spurs game the other day. That no, not that no thanks. Yeah, they would be they would be difficult. Mm. Dortmund again a bit patchy, but they've they've got Haaland. They're a good side. I would be worried about playing them and Lazio. Lazio are really motivated. I think that they are they're a bit of a dark horse this year. Then you have got Barcelona, Juventus, uh, Barca, terrible form. They're thirteenth in La Liga at the moment. Uh, but they've still got Messi, although we do well against Barcelona generally. Juventus I would be more worried about. Uh, and then you've got PSG and Leipzig, uh, who will, you know, I mean, if one presumes United will go through, it'll be uh, it'll be one of those. I mean, Ajax or, or Atlanta, Atalanta are an either-or, clearly, because uh, they're in Liverpool's group. So PSG, I mean, you know, United could beat them. Why can't we? Leipzig, you know, again... That would be an interesting matchup. So, I, th- I think what I'm trying to say, weirdly, is there are not too many teams left in it that I would think we cannot meet them. Whatever happens, otherwise we are going home early. I mean, like Bayern Munich, you face them next round. It's good night Vienna or Munich if you prefer. Um, there aren't that many teams there that I think are actually completely, you know, no go zones. J.K. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Mm. Um, so I suppose it doesn't matter. We should perhaps not care about the Seville result. 
So we're going to go through anyway. We've, we've qualified anyway. Perhaps yeah. My new Zen like thing is like, if you can't beat whoever's put in front of you to win the champion, now we've won it. I was never like this before, but now we have got one. I'm like, well, if you can't beat anyone in front of you, you don't deserve the trophy. Yep. I think that's very, very true. All right. I just, I will say before 2012, fuck that. I never would have said No, that. no, because we just wanted, wanted the easiest route to the final always. We just wanted to win it. All right. So um, predictions, Alex. Um, just a one nil. Don't ask me in which direction. I think it will be quite te- tense and uneventful. Dan, uh, comfortable two nil win. Jk, two two draw. Mm. I think it might be a one one draw because that would be uh, annoyingly good enough for us to be top. <laughs> I mean, annoying for Sevilla, obviously great for us. I think it might be a one one draw, but I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a, a tough match to call. I really do. But then again, JK, something we haven't factored in, um, we are now, again, I think we need to keep reiterating this just to push up against the idiocy of the other media narratives who don't seem to understand the nuances of Chelsea. We are a very different team now to the one that we that played severe and got a nil-nil. Very different. I was annoyed by the telly yesterday um, talking about earlier on in the season when we played Spurs and talking about three games on in the season as if somehow that was a yardstick. None at all. Six players weren't no... playing. Indeed, indeed. I, I didn't get it. I thought it was really poor team. Really... If, you, if you read my CFC UK article this month... I haven't. Is it, it, it hammers them. It hammers them for that stupidity. Yeah. Fake sports news, it's called. Gaslighting. Anyway, enough. Well, right. well it's, it, it's lowest common denominator time. It's not actually uh, speaking to the, the fan as if, or the, pun, the, the, the punters as if they know anything about it. They're they're just they're going for the easiest story, and it's uh, it's just um, tedious. All right, we got we got some emails, J.K. Should we read them out, Chief? Well, why not? Be rude not to. It would be foolish not to, wouldn't it? Really? It would. Yeah. This is from our dear friend Kenroy in Saint Lucia. Uh, and he and he wrote it. He wrote it before the match. He was hoping we'd read it out on Friday, but we don't really do emails on a Friday. So there you go. Mona Monkey, by the way, I forgot is um, uh, is Gr- Grenada. I think you know I mentioned it the other day. Mm. But I know I Grenada think, very well. Yeah. Oh, well, you you didn't even. I mentioned the Mona Monkey, and you seem to have no knowledge which island it was from. So I've, I've given up. I may have to look it up on the internet actually. Um, Kemroy Justin. Um, Dear children, Kido, I hope this mail find makes it. Hope this email makes the Friday preview show. You want rum, dude? Well, hell yeah, you're getting rum. I'm sending a couple of St. Lucia's finest through the post to you, hopefully to be poured and toasted at the pub. Is it the penis, the dick, the knob, the Anthony Taylor, the cock? Something like that. Whoa. Someday when some sanity restores on earth and England and Boris Johnson goes back to doing stand-up comedy. Hooray. I'm also doing this in homage to the upcoming uh, Spurs game with an asterisk. There are people yet to be discovered in the backfields of Narnia that know I hate the Spurs. One time walking down the sidewalk or the pavement, geez, Louise, I stepped on something very Spursy and stinky, had to throw my whole shoe away. <laughs> As someone had not cleaned up the spur that their dog or indeed themselves had left sitting there. What do we think of Tottenham? Shit. What do we think of shit? Tottenham. My second favourite Chelsea game of all time is that fateful night in Munich 
If you guys don't remember that night, I'll remind you later. That game had a little bit to do with winning the biggest trophy in club football and a lot to do with doing Spurs over by denying them their hard-earned spot in the Champions League as they come fourth that year. <laughs> what a bunch of twats. My favourite Chelsea game of recent years, however, is, drumroll, the Battle of the Bridge. If they thought screwing them out of a Champions League spot was bad, how about killing their dream of a league, tight league title? The only meanif meaningful thing that could have happened to them in the last 50-odd years or so. Whoop! Whoop! Oh, my God, that Eden has a dagger in their hearts. JK could get moist watching that. I don't, could. I was. Was moist. Wast, I said. I wast moist, my dear man, uh, watching that. For me, it was worth coming 10th that season just for that single moment. For me, it wasn't actually, Kenroy, because I thought we shouldn't have come 10th. To add insult to doing them over, we won the damn thing the next season ahead of them for no other reason but to stick it to them. I'm not so sure. I swear you can't script this stuff. It warms my heart when we beat Spurs, and I pretty much consider that a successful season. So in addition to sending you a Lucian rum, best in the Caribbean, don't listen to anyone else. Even I would like to sample that, and I don't drink. I'm also sending you another rum as a prize for one of your panellists, ooh, ooh, me, 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 that can name the most out of the starting 11 in the Battle of the Bridge. Cheers, guys. Up the Chelsea. Keep the fan cast flying high. Good, eccentric easy to act male Kenroy I love it however I would disagree with you because I don't think that it's like Arsenal saying I don't care how I do as long as I beat Spurs I think that beating Spurs and winning a trophy makes a successful season for me so uh, there you have it um that's a brilliant email as ever from the wonderful Kenroy now apparently he's offered one of you three uh, a chance to win a bottle of St. Lucian rum. And I have to say, I don't know what brand he's he's uh, thinking of, but I have sampled St. Lucian rum and it is a, a wonderful thing to behold. So you, what does he want? He wants, this is the Battle of the Bridge, right? Okay. Okay, so in, in, May, in, in May 2016, yeah? Yeah. The two all. Yeah. Think of it. Yeah. Okay, hang on. I'll, I'll, you do it. In, I'm, I've got. I've got the team up, obviously, so that I can validate can whether we... you. So Dan, you do it first, and don't cheat. I'm not. Pick a and goal. Hang on. Whoa, whoa. What? Sorry. This is. This is. How do we do this properly? Because all I can do is then I just copy what Dan yeah, said. I might, be, I might be wrong. I've won it. I know, no, but I, I would. I would then. Surely we should not be writing it down on a piece of paper and then reading it out at the end. Well, do that now then. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be that. No, 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 he's right. He's right. He's got a point. You just write it down on a piece of paper and I'll, when you've done it, tell me and, I'll, and, and then you can do it individually, all right? Because I'm okay. going to read this other email. We've got a couple more, by the okay. way. And, um, and this, is, this will give us something to do as well because it's a great email. This from Alan Conway, dear old Alan, who we've known for a long time. He says, hello all. I've really enjoyed hearing everybody's opinions on who didn't suit playing in our shirt. I think... One player I always thought was weird seeing play for Chelsea, albeit brief, was Neil Sullivan. Always associated him with Tottenham, although his best, excuse me, his best days were at Wimbledon. He never looked a goalkeeper to me. Here's an idea similar to that. Which Chelsea players have we signed who you had pinching yourself? Players you couldn't believe were wearing a Chelsea shirt regardless of what they went on to achieve at the club or didn't. For me, it has to be Damien Duff. It came at the time of Raymond splashing the cash at anything with a pulse. 
But I remember going to a pre-season friendly that summer at Crystal Palace and thinking, wow, I can't believe this man is actually playing for my club. I was a big fan of Duff's from his time at Blackburn Rovers. And when we signed him, I think the penny finally dropped that Chelsea were making a statement that summer. Thanks to Dane and Chidge, JK and all the rest of the gang for all the work you put into the fan cast. Been a listener for many years now. Alan, thank you for that. Now, have you got your you got your teams ready? Okay? The starting lineup, yeah. Starting yeah. lineup. Don't worry about the subs. Alex, you go first. I I'll start at the front. Hazard didn't start, I remember that. Yeah. Um so it was Costa up front and I've got William Fabregas and Pedro that would have made it behind him. Yeah. Mikel and Matic. Yeah. And then Dan already said it. Begovic was in goal. I remember Begovic was in goal. But it was the standard across the back. Ivanovic, Cahill, Terry and Dave. Wow. Got exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, you got the same. Yeah. Yeah, I got Begovic, Ivanovic, Cahill, Terry, Aspicueta, Matic, Mikel, Fabregas, William, Hazard, Diego. No, no, Hazard didn't start. No, no, no. On the back, sorry. Pedro, William, Costa. Yeah, Pedro, William, Costa. Um, Massage from Mikel Holding. Yeah. It was, it was Fabregas. Fabregas. Number 10, number 10 role. Yeah. 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 Ivanovic, Terry Kale, Begovic. Yeah. JK? Well, I bow down. I didn't remember that Terry had played, so I, I, uh, I okay. give in. All right. So, I'll tell you what. JK needs to ask Dan and Alex a question. <laughs> I've got a the tiebreaker. Go on, then. As, yeah. we, as we go on, why don't we, like, raffle off the rub to raise some money for Alex's charity? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah. All right. I mean, it yeah. might take a while for poor old Kenroy to get it over it. I mean, I don't know how he's going to send some bloody... Uh... Dude, I've still got a signed shirt that, bless him, Peter in LA one is still in my behind my dining room table because obviously he hasn't yeah. been able to come over. I, I would be happy for you to have it yourselves. Just we should have a tie-break question. OK. So Jonathan has to come up with a tie-break question, but I'll let him think about that while we're also thinking about this, because we want to answer Alan's question, which is basically, what player made you pinch yourself that it comes to Stamford Bridge because you never thought a player like that would come along? Can Dan. I go first? Yeah, yeah Ruth Hillett. Yeah, me, me three. Yeah, that was just unbelievable. Yeah. That's yeah. unanimous, isn't it? It has to even be Ruth I was, I was little, and even I remember, you know, like, damn, I've watched him on telly, he good. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be Ruth Hillett, doesn't it? I mean, go yeah. no further. Unbelievable. Just incredible. And they were in Viali came as well. Just, just those. Yeah, players. and also, but also as well, not because it turned out to be the best signing ever, but I will never enjoy anything as much as the meltdown in Liverpool when we signed Torres. Yeah. Where they were burning his yeah. shirt and telling yeah. the kid he'd been run over by a car, and oh, it was, it was hilarious. I mean, yeah. J.K. had his hand up, so I shall go to him next. I've... No, no, I was just going to ask a question, but I won't. I'm just worried that it'll be unfair on Alex if I ask her. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I retract the question I was going to ask. Kenroy, Kenroy, has, I didn't realise he was listening. Kenroy's in. He says, "Who was on the bench then?" And if I'd have known that could have been the tie I break. I tell you the subs. Hazard came on, and we yeah, didn't. But I've, I've, I've got off. Came on as well. I've taken the page down, and it takes me an hour to to uh, to load up. I tell you what, Kenroy, as you're in Mixler now. You yeah, think you think of a tiebreaker question for Dan and, and, and Alex and make sure you ask it before we finish the show. Right, it's so perfect. I think we're all unanimous on Rude Hullet. I have to say, um, <laughs> just some others of my own personal delight. Viali that uh, that Dan mentioned. I, I was a massive fan of Viali when he was at Sampdoria 
and Juve, and I just loved him. And I was just so delighted that a, a European Cup winner was coming to us. Marcel Desai and Frank Leboeuf, World Cup winners. I was uber impressed that they turned up to the club. But perhaps the left field one, which you'll be surprised about, which is why I'm going to share it with you, is Joe Cole. Because I had I knew a I knew a scout uh for Everton years ago and I remember I went round to dinner with him and his and his missus and you know he he was and so Joe Cole would have been about fourteen at the time, I think, thirteen, fourteen. And he was saying he said, West Ham have got this kid on their books. He's the best player I've seen since Gaza. He said, This kid this kid can do anything. He is just 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 the best thing I've ever seen. He said, if you can ever get hold of this kid, you'll be you'll be loving it. Of course I forgot all about it. And then of course Joe Cole broke into West Ham and I became, you know, very aware of who he was. So when when Joe Cole signed for for Chelsea, I was just absolutely ecstatic because I'd had this scout telling me years ago how how fantastic this kid was. And I thought, my God, we got Joe Cole. It's brilliant. So there we go. And he was fantastic. By the way, LeBerth wasn't a World Cup winner and he signed for us. So he won it while he was with us. Yes. That's very true. Because he became obnoxious after that. One of the reasons why. That's very true, because they were there pre-98, weren't they? So I'm talking actually arse gravy. Very quick, fellas, about Frank LeBeuf. One of my old clients um, was a professional autograph hunter, seller. And he he told me a story that pre-World Cup, Frank LeBeuf had this incredible signature, really amazing signature that was really huge. And then he went, after World Cup, he went to sign um, some paperwork and Frank LeBeuf just signed FL5. They said, oh, oh, Frank, what's happened to your signature? And he goes... This is how Frank now signs. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. He became completely up himself. That's the story that yeah. I heard after we won. Yeah. In oh, a similar oh. way that, um, that uh, what's his face did? Um, uh, uh, Shirley, what was his name? Um, Shirley not. No, what's bloody hell? The German guy played for us. Shirley. Um, Shirley, yeah. Shirley, exactly the same happened. Exactly the same. Went to his head. Mm. Right, another email, JK. We've got another. We've actually got three more. One crept in under the wire, but these two are, are both from uh, from Patreon, which is absolutely delightfully exciting. Uh, Paul Foster. Yeah. Hi, Chidge. Just want to say I've been listening to the podcast for over a year now. It's the highlight of my week. Also, making my way through fifty years of Chelsea. It's so informative and brings back memories of past players, managers, and moments and my terrors. Unfortunately, I'm very impressed with the teams encyclopedic memory of all things blue much better than mine plus i don't have the attendance experience like you guys so it's interesting to hear the stories from the stands perspective isn't it a great time to be a fan i can't remember when we had when we last had so much potential to be released uh, happy face up the chelsea yeah, absolutely right it's a great time to be a fan i agree with you agree with all of that and as for 50 years of chelsea i know so many people could ask me this i i need to find some time to edit the two that we've got in the can I then need to figure out the best times. The thing is, I've just got so busy since we started doing them, which is why I haven't done any more. Um, they took. There's quite a lot of work to to put them together. Actually, it doesn't take much effort to record them, and it's just a joy to record. But it's a lot of work to dig out all the YouTube clips, watch them, do a kind of a script around it, and I'm really, really busy. I do have a couple of weeks off over Christmas, so what I might do is I might do all the work then. And then try and figure out a time to do it. But I mean, pretty much every evening I, 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 is taken up these days, so it's tough. But I really want to carry them on. J.K. and I absolutely, and, and I know Dan's been on one or two. They're, they're just so much fun to do. Oh, you're fun. 
Yeah, so we, we, we will do them again, I promise, because they're just too much fun. And I'll, I'll try and get the two we've got in the can edited and published, uh, certainly in December. Uh, right, Alistair Sun, also on Patreon, he says, I really love and appreciate what you and your fellow co-hosts provide each week, and multiple times a week now even. Uh, been following the club and listening to the pod since the 09-10 season. Well, that makes you bloody hell, mate. You've pretty much been there since the start. 2000, but so a couple of years in, I think we were. Uh, 09 10 season after realising that many of my favourite England players played for the club, specifically Ashley Cole. And I'm so happy to see us with such a quality left back again, though I'm even more excited by Reese James. Been lucky enough to go to the bridge a couple of times and can't wait to get back again, even though the last time was that dire draw to Southampton a couple of seasons back. Anyway, thanks again very much. And to many more episodes, I can't wait to listen. Best Alistair in San Francisco. Now, I did promise you uh, another email. Um, I'm not trying to steal Jonathan's thunder here. It's just that it came in, came in after I sent you all the script, you see. Jidge, I have no problem with your reading. Well, while, okay, right, I'm going to... This is from I Jeff... Correct you, though. If I correct you, don't be upset. No, I won't, I won't. Uh, this is from Jeff Jones. He says, good... And this is one where we can all participate. So this is, this is uh, panellist participation. Uh, he says, uh, good evening, gentlemen. He didn't realise you are on the show, Alex. I apologise. Uh, this will be short. What are y'all's thoughts on Klopp's unhinged post-match presser about kickoff times and the number of substitutes allowed? My thoughts are that five subs gives an unfair advantage to clubs with more squad depth. As for the kickoff times, I'm pretty sure we've had a couple of 12:30 Saturday kickoffs after playing Wednesday night. I haven't heard Frank complain too much about them. Keep the blue flag flying high, Jeff Jones, Atlanta, Georgia. Well, uh, Jeff, couple of there's a lot I could say about this. I'll try and keep it very short. Actually, Frank Frank did moan about it before Newcastle, perhaps not as, uh, you know, ridiculously as Klopp did. I saw the post-match interview that Klopp had with Des Kelly. I thought Des Kelly was brilliant for standing up to the big tooth git. Um, I have to say that. But what I will say is that just shows you how stupid Klopp is, really, because Des Kelly was actually wrong. Um. Klopp was wrong because he was saying it was all Des Kelly's fault that they had to to kick off at half twelve. Well, clearly it's not Des Kelly's fault. He's just a flaming journalist who works with BT. Des Kelly said, "Oh no, no, no! It's actually your chief executive's club because you are the Premier League, and the Premier League are the ones that choose the time that the clubs play." That is also wrong. The TV companies select what games they want. And surprise, surprise, they tend to choose Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, uh, uh, Man United and Spurs. And they select those games. Now, the Premier League, this is where Des Kelly is right, the Premier League agree and, and, and take a lot of money from the broadcasters to sell various time slots for games. So, yes, the Premier League are responsible for stupid kickoff times in some respect, but it's the TV companies who select which games they want to televise. And we know this, Dan, because there was the hoo-ha about the Christmas fixtures and we had all that pushback from the club saying, we hear what you're saying, but we can't do anything. And also, also the fact is that Sky's first choice is 4.30 on Sunday and Sky's first choice, BT's first choice is 12.30 on yeah. Saturday. That's, that's their prime games. And I think Liverpool can only have three, we only have three more 12.30 kickoffs because I think you're allowed up to a certain amount of games at 12.30. And the fact is, they had a home game at Anfield. They hadn't been travelling anywhere. It just, it just 
Klopp's sour grapes. He's got a whole waft of injuries, which isn't helping him. Last minute VAR penalty. He's, he's in a foul mood. You catch, you catch a manager like Klopp, who's argument the best of times, five minutes after his team have just dropped points. He's going to be fuming. He's like that all the time. He's just, he's just, he's, he's really, really sort They're victims of their own success, aren't they? Finally, it's something because they're everybody's favourite team, supposedly. Yeah. And BT think, yeah, we must have, we must have them. They're not appreciating that that it's not what he actually wants, but it's it's their victims of their own success in this. Yeah. Alex, uh, I thought it was glorious, and regarding the substitutions, that he's a twat. That was ludicrous. Well, Those I, I, substitutions are good for nothing but time wasting. That's all they got used for. We don't need them. Yeah. It's not the rules. Stop fucking whining and get on with your job. Uh, Man City had their first three o'clock Saturday fixture this week since last January. Oh. So you're not hard done by. Shut up and get on with it, you whiner. No one likes a whining scarecrow with luminous teeth. Fuck off. <laughs> I missed you, Alex. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, how, follow that. How can you? How can you possibly do that? Um, I mean, look. You know, I, I think I, I have a little bit of sympathy with the, uh, you know, the uh, the subs and all that uh, because I do think that there is a genuine worry and concern uh, that they are going to pick up all these injuries because there's. I mean, I think it's a valid argument to say there's no recovery time but the reality is you know as as you know we keep saying um you know it it's does it does disadvantage a better deal well, it in does... spain they tell them when they're going well, to play i know but look, up, they turn up the number of times i've talked to the clubs about this the reality is that the clubs are the premier league there is no doubt about that so that they try and split it and say oh it's not our fault it's, it's the premier league they are the premier league but the reality is they've got their you know what, so far up the broadcasters, you know what, because that's how they make most of their money. So they've sold it. They've sold out to the broadcasters. And, they, you know, frankly, the broadcasters are the ones that call the tune. So I think that Des Kelly was wrong, but I really do love the fact that he stood up to Klopp. Somebody's got to. Now, I can. here's the question. Here is the tie-break question, Dan and Alex. No, really? Yes. Who got the yellow card for Spurs in that game? They got nine. Who can name the most? Okay. Right, so all of Yeah, he got booked. So did Danny Rose. Danny Rose. Um, Dembele would have got booked because he's Eric, a mob. Eric Lamella. The uh, Tongan definitely would have got booked because he's a massive wanker. So hang on, hang on. Who, what did you say, Alex? Alex first, then Dan, well, then we're back okay. into where we were, aren't we? No, oh, God, this is nuts. Go on, yeah, Alex. We, we, we need a numbers question, like Curtis too. Don't we? Kenroy, come up with another question in the next 30 seconds where it's like a, a binary answer, a yes yeah. or a no, or a number, <laughs> okay? And you've got two seconds to do it, otherwise we'll carry it over to Friday. Right, he has literally got about a minute to do this because I'm going to wrap up now um, because that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for uh, this uh, this Monday. It's been great fun, as always. Um, now, uh, JK and myself, and possibly one other, I don't know because I haven't done the schedules, you've all probably noticed, uh, JK and myself will be back this Friday at 7pm to look ahead to the Leeds game in our preview show. We've got, we've got John McKenzie on. Remember John? JK? He used to play uh, 
All, not no 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 not a player when we were at love sport they used to be on after us do you remember that the leeds podcast oh, yeah, yeah. john john oh, yeah god 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 sorry yeah. sorry sorry john mckenzie yeah he's he, he's on he's on as our oppo view so oh, uh, brilliant lovely guy love really lovely guy I'm, yeah. I'm gonna try for a real wonderful surprise uh journalist on friday but i haven't done it yet so i'm not saying now so that's the preview show on friday at seven o'clock then and of course neil that would be a surprise not it? no i'm, I'm I, I would ra- i'd rather stick uh um hot poker up my japs eye uh, i think anyway uh monday 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 or Monday, as we like to now call it uh, we'll be back uh to talk about the leeds match of course and the Champions League match against Krasnodar, which will be on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, I forget now. Uh, so there you go. Again, I've got no idea who's on because I haven't done the schedule yet, so it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Um, now look out for the Wentamo Kings Meadow with our very own Dean Mears and Jane Chappell as they discuss the Chelsea women's team in the podcast distributed on the Chelsea Fancast, which is out on a Tuesday night, so uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and of course, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast uh, on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as other, uh, you know, lesser known podcast distributors. Anyway, you know where to get it. And actually, if you want some help, if you just want it in a particularly easy place, then you just have to go to CFC Blues app, as they so eloquently tell you here. Now, I'm delighted to say that a lot of people signed up for Patreon this week, which is just really delightful. How lovely of you. Really, really love you. My little heart was warmed by your generosity, and it was really, really lovely. Uh, now, if you want to join them, and of course, the thing is, if you sign up to Patreon, I will endeavour, when I when I feel safe to go to a post office, to send you a mini Kerry, not a mini Kerry Dixon, uh, a mini Kerry Dixon banner. Okay, some of them are signed, but I can't promise it will be signed. But a mini Kerry Dixon banner, just like the ones that we hang in the Matthew Harding end. Um, And of course, you can get access to our Discord group, which is like WhatsApp, but not WhatsApp. So it's like our own private kind of chat app, Dan. It's quite, quite fun. A lot of the peeps in there. It's all right. And it's open to all of our Patreon members and, of course, anybody who's in our Prem Predictions League. So if you sign up to Patreon, you get that. It doesn't matter how much you pay. I'm not going to tier it or anything like that or have different levels of membership. Bullshit. Not doing that. You're all equal in my eyes. If you want to show us some love by donating whatever you want, no matter how large or small, you get what everybody gets. All right? Because basically, I can't be asked to do any premium content because my life is too busy. But you basically will get what I've just promised. So if you want to sign up to Patreon, and I love you if you do, it is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So there you go. Now, and of course, last shout out for emails. If you want to get your email read on the show or your Patreon message or your Instagram message or your tweet message, then it really needs to be with me on a Sunday because I tend to write the scripts on a Sunday evening now. And if you want to email it to us, it's chelseafancast at gmail.com. There we go. Um, Kenroy, quick. Okay, right, here we go. Is that, is that... All right, okay. Fingers on the buzzers, Dan and... Um, and uh, Alex. Alex, okay. Alex. Kenroy's f- last question, okay. Just go, by the way, go buzz, imitate a buzz. I've got my Australia button, actually, with me. Just just go buzz, all right? Okay, so, fingers on the buzzers. Who set up Hazard's goal? Buzz. Dan. Yeah, there you go. Dan it is. Dan it is. (laughs) Thanks, Kenroy. 
I think I think that's the the longest ever running quiz thing ever, J.K. That was that was classically Chelsea fancast, and it's Heath Robin as madness. I was about to chip in with a really ancient question that we're just. Wait, I know, but remember, remember no, when Clayton... 19, 1962. I was going to do it from just in case because yeah. I thought that would be fairer. Because I think anybody could guess. Because I don't think either of them would have got it right, well, but they could have had it go. Whereas in this instance, you know, I mean, that's it's much better than the question. I'm the last time we so. did that, we had to do the question again. Remember yeah, when remember. Clayton asked it the other week? Anyway, there you go. Right, we're done. We're out of time. You can follow the show. Well done, Kenroy. Very generous of you, mate. Thank you, Kenroy. Appreciate yeah, it. Brilliant. Dan will love that. He loved that. that mind you, actually, both. See, this is the thing. Both Dan and Alex would have been very worthy recipients there because they both like a drink or ten. So Can you keep a thim- now thim- I know what Spurs thim- feel like. I was so close. Oh, and I thought I glory would be mine, mm, and yes. I fell flat on my face. And you I Spurs did it. Nothing. I I'll share. I'll share mine with yours, Alex. You, you and I can go. What I would love to do, and actually, what would give me huge pleasure, not least because it would mean lockdown is over. But when when I, when I get this bottle of rum, I will come up and find you in London, and you and I will share. We will drink it in one go together. And no, we'll, be, we'll be very, very pissed and we will giggle like school children. Could I have a thimble for, please? Just yes. so I know what yeah. about. And oh. then we'll broadcast live while we're doing we this. We will. Well, that's a great idea. Anyway. It'll be like that rant you did in Eep when we were in the battlefields. That was that was brilliant. What, with, the, with the beer? Yeah. Yeah, the 8% beer. Yeah, that yeah. was outstanding. You were wankered. Yeah, yeah. But I still drank it. Yeah. And I still went out with, with uh, Holmes and jo- Johnny Dyer and Tony we were you last... up in the fish market. Yeah, we were last men standing until I realised... Were, slightly... I... were you slightly over the top? Oh, mate, I was shit-faced. I mean, basically... I'll, that... I'll send you the video, JK. Yeah, that was, that was a relevant gag because you were eep on the back of the Oh, field. very good, <laughs> very good. Right, we've got to go, guys, because we're outstaying our welcome here. Uh, you can like follow the, the show video. on Twitter. Like you can follow the, the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at DanSill73, Alex at CFCGWLB. Don't forget to check uh, us out on at Chelsea Fancast, of course. Uh, Alex, I'm such a delight to see you. I feel I haven't seen you for ages. It's really lovely to see you. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. Thank you. Love you, dude. Love you too, my love. And Bertie, obviously. Uh, Dan Silver, always great to see you, mate. Voice of yes, reason. It's good to see you. Looking well, mate, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Thank you. It's all good. Yeah, good stuff. And last, but by no means least, uh, the brains of an otherwise no-brain outfit, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Who am I braining? Thank you very much. I never realised. How lovely. Um. <laughs> I-, I loved your showreel, by the way. I had a look at it the other week. Did you? That's yeah, sweet. loved it, mate. Fantastic. Great stuff. Thank you. Nice. Great stuff. Thank you very much indeed. So there you go. I- I'll, see- I'll see the Friday. Friday. I look forward to it. I look forward yeah. to it. Right. Now, the only people we need to thank now are you lot for listening to it, but particularly the people in uh, Mixler who, as ever, even though I don't mention you very much when it's a bit busy, I do read your comments. It's lovely to see you all in there. Really uh, appreciate you listening live. You must be bonkers, so you deserve a medal. Well done. Right. We're we're done. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? 
Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merch-Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen.